You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network located at anchor.fm slash WCMJ. This is a sports podcast based that talks about NBA, football, and anything else that can come to the sports fan mind. We stick to the educated and the diehard fans, as well as the casual listener as well. Our show is brought to you by New Taylor & Associates, located at newlawoffice.com. You can also check out our wonderful sponsors, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com backslash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Strip Cam Fun also helps bring you this podcast, as well as our sponsors at Stay Classy Meats, where you can use promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order of the freshest meat available in the United States. Now, let's take it over to our host. Here's Nate and Tim bringing you this week's edition of Wide Men Can't Jump. It's another week. It's another episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. We bid you good evening, as they say. It is Nate. I'm here in the United States. The man not in the U.S. He's on the run from the federal law. He's on the run from Mounties for moose tipping. The one and only Tim Dombrova. That's Canadian heel, you jerk. The Canadian heel himself, Tim Dombrova. Get it started. By the way, the Tampa Bay Lightning suck. Well, we'll get to that. And the man who bet it all on the Tampa Bay Lightning, and the only man who could tell you Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's real name before it was Lou Alcindor, it's Jeff. Welcome aboard, Jeff. Hmm. Never heard that one. I thought you I thought you were gonna go with the could tell you Kareem Abdul Jabbar's in scene. Speaking of Kareem, you know, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, you wanna talk about a fair weather fan. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, he's been Mr. Laker for how long? And Milwaukee finally gets back to the finals. Now Kareem's like, Hey Milwaukee, remember me? It's me, Kareem. I played there for a hot minute. I played there. We won a title together. Then I ran like a scalded dog to L.A., but hey, Milwaukee. Hey, that's a, I guess it's okay. Uh, LeBron does it, so hey, Miami. Well, I, mean, uh, yeah. LeBron, I mean, LeBron runs anymore. LeBron's, I think it's LeBron's mission to try to win a title for every team. Somebody but, had... Somebody had tweeted that the Bucks lineup for this year was the best lineup in the history of the team, and obviously they weren't no. very old. <laughs> no, it's not. It's like, uh, <laughs> they did win a what was it? Was it seventy one? Oh man, it was 72? in the seventies. Like, Jeff, I, Jeff, I think it was seventy two. Seventy one, they won, right? I believe so. They lost to the Celtics. But I mean, that seventy one team has got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robertson on it, for God's sake. Like and then a couple other guys on top of them too. Seventy one. Yeah. Okay. Read. Look at that lineup. Not that well, surprising. Hold on, and I will pull up that lineup near them. Uh, Baltimore or Milwaukee won four straight. They beat Baltimore. Uh, the Bucks had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lucius Allen, Bob Boozer, Dick Cunningham, Bob Dangridge, Bob Greason, John McLaughlin. McCoy, McCoy McLemore, Oscar Robertson, Greg Smith, Jeff Webb, Marv Winkler, and Bill Zuboff. Well, there's the the, the founder of Zuba uh, Zuba Pants, right? Yes. Not really fair. Kareem's seven foot two. I mean, the tallest guy on on the on the poor 
Baltimore Bullets was George Johnson standing in at 6'11". Bless his heart. Yeah. He didn't really have much of a chance. They did have some good players, though. I mean, Earl Monroe, not a bad player there. Wes Unseld, a few. But, yeah, I mean, that 71 team, all you need is Kareem and, and the big <laughs> O. Was Earl Monroe the name of the ma- ma- the head of the family on Dinosaurs? No, it was Earl Sinclair. Sinclair, that's it, right. <laughs> he worked for the We Say So Company. Dude, <laughs> I, lo- I love that great, show. Great up. show. Oh, great that show, show was awesome. That show was awesome. Anybody that says it's not as wrong, it was a... Uh, Earl was the was the guy because I remember that because it was my dad's name and I always thought that was hilarious. And Fran was the mother, right? And I don't remember. Robbie was the son. Was it Charlene was the daughter? That sounds right. And then baby was the baby. I know you. You're not the mama. My favorite episode was uh, Hurling Day. Oh yeah. Where he went out because you get to throw your mother-in-law off the side of a cliff. Yes, I remember that. That's a good. He had one. and he got new gloves. <laughs> yeah, he got new gloves. <laughs> he got new gloves and then he couldn't do it at the end. You remember the episode where they, um, where Earl took her, took the grandma to the reunion, and the reunion was just her, and she, <laughs> like she outlived everybody. Yeah, everybody else was She was wanting to meet. She was wanting to hang out with her friends Dorothy Rose and Blanche. Boy. What a great show. <laughs> That's right up there with, uh, I don't know what it's spoofed from, but uh, uh, some science kind of a show. And these, today we're going to find out how jet engines work. Timmy, stick your head in here. <laughs> we're going to need another <laughs> we're gonna Timmy. Need a, we're going to need a new Timmy. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> anyway, Jeff has no clue what we're talking about. <laughs> well, they don't have cable in Rio de Janeiro. Yes, <laughs> just north of parts unknown. But anyway, yeah, we, we did have game one of the finals. We'll talk about that. But you mentioned it, Tim, the Tampa Bay Lightning, back-to-back Stanley Cups. Um, how long has it been since somebody's won back-to-back Stanley Cups? Uh, not not that long. Uh, Chicago, I believe. Uh, actually, Pittsburgh in 15 and 16. Okay, so even closer. I believe, then. I believe yeah, you, you, you could be right. Right Pittsburgh did Pittsburgh you know, did two in a row. Maybe. It was maybe 16 and 17. Yeah, okay. And Chicago did not win back to back cups. But they did win three in like a it was them in LA. LA did 2012 and 2014. Chicago did 2013, 2015. Yeah, in yeah. 2010. Uh so before Pittsburgh, the last team to win back to back was the Red Wings, 97 and 98. Yeah, it doesn't matter because two in hockey counts for nothing. And then Pittsburgh did it in 91-92. Oilers won three out of four from 87 to 90 with Calgary getting in there. But, man. The gold, the gold standard is four in a row, and that's only been done twice, I believe. The Islanders, Islanders and the Canadians. And the Canadians, yeah. Canadians from 76 to 79, and the Islanders from 80 to 83. And they did it back-to-back. That's crazy. Who's the only team to ever do it two times or back-to-back in nine months, within nine months? Tampa Bay. That's right. True. Yes, they did. Which Tim, you talked about Tampa Bay with the their the way they did it. They're legal, but they're, they're legal, legal, but yeah, they're uh, they're what's what's that called? Locker room lawyer. Yes, <laughs> twisting they're, they're, of the rules, which wasn't illegal, but 
is I don't know. A little sketchy. It's legal, it's legal, but it makes you go, now, come on. <laughs> well, it, more, though, that I don't have a problem with it if the guy was actually hurt for the entire year. But now that the series is over, comes out, he hasn't been hurt for, wasn't hurt for two months. He just didn't play so that they could keep the other two guys on the team. About as bad as the tuck rule. It's, not, it's probably worse. Well, when you think, the, uh, the cap in NHL, I believe, is $81 million and something. The guy that was out got was eleven and a half million dollars, so that's what you know, fifteen percent or so of the cap, and they were allowed to spend another eleven and a half million dollars on players. The so, NHL cap was eighty-one or eighty-two, something like that, eighty something. Hold on here, I'm looking at it. Eighty-one and a half, right yeah, on. Okay, so and he makes, I believe, he makes eleven and a half million. So they were allowed to or able to. Who was the guy? Uh, Nikita Kucherov was the guy. Let me, he, let me take a look here at their contracts. He was legitimately hurt at the beginning and of a the half. season, but he wasn't hurt when he. They said he was still hurt, and he wasn't. He makes nine so and a half million, eleven point seven, eleven point seven percent of the team cap. Okay, so. I mean, he is he and one other guy are the highest paid players on the team? Yeah, I don't know what the equivalent would be in in, in like NBA or football, but you know, imagine if you could spend another twenty five million dollars on players in the NBA and then get back an all star player for the playoffs. Well, it's kind of the equivalent of when guys get these exem- like the NBA does a lot of exemptions, and like you got mid level exemptions, you've got you know got a hurt player exemption where you can go out and sign guys, but the problem is. Most of the time, the guys you go out and sign aren't all-star level players. Whereas, this guy, is, this guy is. Yeah, yeah, this guy is. Um, it's kind of like the Pistons buying out Blake Griffin's contract <laughs> and him signing with the Nets. I think a little bit, or you know, and I still maintain if Lamarcus Aldridge was healthy, I think the Nets pr- probably make a better run at it. But you know, he wasn't, and they didn't. So what can you do? Um, I said, but, I mean, it's it's within the rules, but it's a little bit cheesy, but. You know, I suppose there was nothing stopping anybody else from doing it. No. I guess except that most players, if they weren't hurt, want to play. Well, the NBA has this thing where they want players to, if you're milking an injury, they're on you about it. Is the NHL not like that? Because well, I know, like, yeah, because I under- remember Greg Popovich used to get in trouble for setting players and. I know that like Kawhi's got the load management thing that he does, but at the same time the NBA frowns on that. And yeah, I don't, it's, know. I don't, I don't think it's ever come up in hockey before. It was really a first that Did it's you- ever been where a guy was willing to sit for two months just to help. I mean, I guess it's helping the team, but and helping him. I mean, he's getting paid and he's not going to have to go out there. Yeah, and he, I mean, he got well, and then the, the the same individual uh, after they won the cup. Uh, he got into the booze a little early, and by the time it was interview time, Uh-oh. he was ha- he was half smashed. He swore <laughs> he swore on national television, uh, oh, ran ran the Montreal fans into the dirt and called them losers and a bunch of other stuff. I'm sure he's going to get a phone call from the league, but <laughs> I'm sure he cares. <laughs> well, they'll have to do something because they don't want a repeat of that. You yeah, can do yeah. it. At, you can do it at the parade. You know, or a week later you could do it, but you can't do it the night of. That that's not not cool. Yeah, it's not. 
But five, well, I know Jeff liked said, it. Jeff probably liked it. Jeff was like, "Yeah." Yeah. That Boy, being Tampa. said, full full what? marks to Tampa Bay. They they deserve to win. They played better. That simple. And a lot of the like I said, a lot of the guys, a lot of people didn't know if they'd repeat or not. But once those guys came together, and like I said, he was healthier for longer than what he's said or people thought. Uh, they played like they did last year at the end. So if you bet on them, good bet. But uh, how about Tampa Bay right now? Uh, back to back, the Bucks won the Super Bowl. Uh, the Rays City won the World Champions. Series last year. So. Yeah, Tampa Bay not doing not doing half bad. They might want to put a basketball team, expansion team there, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> hey, Rodriguez, move the Wolves down there so that Tampa. way I can take care of my uh, basketball and football all in the same city. Tampa Bay turds. <laughs> they had WrestleMania this year too. They did. That's right. That's a win. Yeah, I mean, you got to say. I mean, you can't. You you can't complain if you're at you live in Florida. That's for sure. There's a lot to a lot of sports going on and a lot of good stuff too. Yeah, a lot a lot of positives down there for sure. I think that the NHL is definitely going to take a look at that rule and maybe oh yeah tweak a little bit or change it um, so that can't be. Uh, yeah, it'll it'll go from instead of like we don't believe your team doctor anymore. That's going to have to be verified by some outside sources or something along those lines, I assume. Yeah, I think, and it should be. Or, or it'll be if you're out for the entire season on long-term injury, you don't get to play in the playoffs. You're out. Yeah, left. I don't think I, I don't think he should have been allowed to. I know, granted, that's the rule, and and it is what it is. But I'm, you know, I'm one of those people who's like, eh, he probably shouldn't have been allowed to play. But yeah, like, let me ask you this: you guys are more of the hockey guys than I am. If he's allowed, if he's not allowed to play, how much does that change the series, in your opinion? Uh, I don't know if it changes the series necessarily, but what it might have done to the regular season is a whole other ball game. Okay. When I you think, got. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just saying that, that the maybe not only the regular season, but the playoffs and some of the series leading up to that might have been different as well. I mean, the Islanders may have won against them um, if he does if he's not allowed to play. So. Well, and then you got to look at who they um, who they picked up. Like wow. one of the, oh, yeah. you know, one of the guys they picked up was Barkley Goudreau, who stood on his head and did all kinds of good stuff in the playoffs. So if he's not there, you know, you know like I said, one goal against the Islanders and the Tampa Bay's not in the finals. So, you know. how about Maroon winning his third straight cup? He won with the Blues in nineteen. Yeah, he's been he the, the cup has been following that man around or vice versa, one of the two. Well, I mean, can't can't argue that. <laughs> well, mean, he's it's... another guy that like during the season he doesn't do much, but he's built for the playoffs. He's a great big guy who likes to, you know, he can muck it up and get into the dirty spots of the ice, and he he's perfect for the playoffs. Doesn't I saw I saw a hit the other night in one of the games. I think it was game four. I just flipped it over for a few minutes and I saw somebody hit somebody and I said, sweet Lord. <laughs> like, <laughs> the, the Tampa Montreal series was actually pretty calm. Well, I mean, but still like for somebody that doesn't watch and it's not that I don't like hockey. I, re- I very much enjoy hockey. It's just, you know, like I've said, 
the NBA is on this time of year, so I'm always tied up. But, I mean, hockey, man, you see playoff hockey, it's intense. And you got to recognize that playoff hockey is probably the most exciting thing out there. I mean, I love the NBA playoffs, and I love, you know, the NFL playoffs and the NCAA tournament. But, man, when it comes to intensity and just flat-out just awesomeness, it's tough to beat playoff hockey. Like, and everybody talks about, okay, like football, uh, physically demanding sport, no two ways around. Oh, very much so. But it's only once a week. These guys are beating the shit out of each other every other night. Yeah. And they've been doing it for like a month and a half. Uh, I mean, I I suppose, you know, if if you played football, you know what it's like to get hit with football pads and how much fun it isn't. And hockey is no oh, it's different. Kind of, it's kind of fun in a way. Depends on depends on well, who's hitting, I guess. If you're doing the hit and they're getting hit, depending, like if, and if depending I, if on I'm who's getting doing hit it. By, you know, if I'm getting hit by Aaron Donald, it's not very much fun. Or, uh, but, you know, if I'm getting hit by, like, the little guy down the road here, it's, like, oh, it's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, I mean, hockey is basically a guy with a, uh, you, know, you know, wearing a helmet. There's nowhere to really hit a guy in hockey. The hands, and there, I mean, you got gloves on. The wrists are a little exposed, but everywhere else, you basically got armor on, at least from the front side, anyway. Like getting run into the boards is not a not a it's not a pleasant experience. I wouldn't think it would be. <laughs> been there, done that. Both been on both ends of it. Not we got it. We got it. One day, I tell you, one of these days, we got to have a segment dedicated to Tim's junior hockey career. I'm serious, well, it's, man. It's, 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 a, it's a lot of, there's a lot of stories. <laughs> let me tell you. Well, that, that's, I want to hear this. I want to hear some stories. There Jeff, some, would, would that be something that Jeff, oh, I, you yeah. gotta be, you gotta there's be down some, some strange stuff goes on in give 16 us, give and us up something hockey. Here. Give us a little preview. You got like a short junior hockey story you can tell us. Well, you know, the thing that, that really sticks out that they're not allowed, nobody's allowed to do anymore is hazing. Yeah, obviously. Okay, well, uh, you know, and I mean, I was in there and part of it on both sides of the hazing. You know, there's something about, uh, you know, 17, 17-year-old boys naked in a gang shower. And one of the poor individuals has got a soap bottle somewhere where shampoo bottles don't really belong. Oh, no. But it, but you had, or they would make you go to, like, to the back of the bus and uh, you had to, you had to strip. And then for the trip, you had to go into the town wearing no clothes. And it was just like you could either do it or – I mean, I don't really know. You know, It never really occurred to anybody, if I don't do this, what's going to happen? You just did it because it was easier. And then you were done with it, and then you got to the next guy who came along that was the rookie. Well, you got to haze him. And I never got crazy, but – there was a lot of you must. Did you have a this. soap? Did you have a soap bottle up your ass, team? Uh, not a soap <laughs> bottle, but uh, a bar. Uh, I have been partially penetrated by a soap bar. Yeah. Oh no! Then they're done that. It was my uh, pre. It was my precursor to prison. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, they used to make guys like here, like particularly like if you didn't drink. Because there was a lot of young guys, you know, 16-year-olds who really hadn't been exposed to alcohol too much yet. Yeah. Well, you know, and it was like, drink this ridiculous amount of hard liquor. We don't care if, you, if you're if you going to puke or 
Looks like you might die there in that chair. Keep drinking until you pass out. And that was considered good fun. But, now, let, let me ask this. For, for those that don't really know what junior hockey is, they hear the term. And can you kind of explain what junior hockey is? Well, no, that's really changed. Like now there's – like when most people talk about junior hockey, they're talking about, you know, per, precursor to, you know, like what college football would be to the NFL. I never played junior A hockey because there was no, there wasn't any. So there's like, is it kind of like baseball in a way, like A B? Yeah, yeah. Like the bigger the the bigger the area, or the more you know, more closer to a population center, you're probably playing junior A or double A or triple A. Mm -hmm. We didn't have that. Ours was junior B, which was bush league, was what we call it, bush league. See what I did there? I'm not putting that in here, but that's no, don't. But that's what, yeah. They, it was. uh, I mean, we called it the hack and slash league. Because if you couldn't fight or play dirty, you probably weren't going to live very long in junior B. <laughs> so basically, you were like, um, if you had minor league baseball, you have you know triple A, double A, single A, you guys would have been considered like the the Sandlot League, Mud Show, uh, the Shinston Under Forty League. <laughs> I mean, there was there would be guys who went through who had. I mean, I only played for one year, so. And I got sick of it and, okay, hockey's not what I – I don't want to pursue this as a career kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Those kind of guys, they would usually – they would be there for a while and then they were gone. They would move to a bigger city or or, or try out for a junior A team or something to get away from the gooniness. Yeah. But if you were a local – I don't know what the equivalent would be in, like, football or – I mean, baseball, I guess it would be, like, you know, semi-pro kind of like a, or kind of like an adult soccer league or an adult softball league. Yeah. Well, but you would have, you know, there would be guys who were good enough that they probably could have played at a higher level, but just didn't want to, or, yeah, or, or couldn't, couldn't afford it. That was another thing back then. There was, you know, money was a, was a pretty big deal. Or yeah, I mean, you needed a I mean, place. It still to, is now, but I, I yeah. mean, yeah. So I mean, it was, it was, I mean, the first night I played, well, that was actually, that wasn't junior hockey. That was senior hockey. I got on the bus and here's all these dads of, like, I know their kids because I'm their age and they're the age of their sons and stuff. And here's all these grown men smoking marijuana and snorting, <laughs> snorting stuff and drunk. You know, the bus wasn't 20 miles out of town and these guys were all just fucked up. A four-hour bus drive to the next place to play. By the time they get there, they've kind of got their act back together. They've all got girlfriends. It was a, it was an eye-opener to a young man. It was just like, wow. Like, And then it was like, you're not allowed to talk about anything that goes on on the bus, by the way. You know, you're, you're, this this doesn't go home. But, but Kind of like Vegas, you know, what happens on yeah. the bus stays on the bus. Which was a good thing because I could have ended like 20 marriages probably <laughs> <laughs> sounds like the uh the crockett locker room back well, in this the day is, yeah i mean this is 1984 i believe mm-hmm. is that right sisters yeah in 1984 so i mean the world i mean what was taken you know what was acceptable behavior back then certainly isn't now yeah and there was no phones or social media or none of that yeah Good times. This is uh, I don't know. This is interesting. Stuff like this is really interesting to me. Well, I, I don't know how. Well, different. you hear you hear guys talk about like minor. I've heard some guys talk about minor league baseball, and told some just 
unbelievable tales about what goes on. Yeah. And, and I imagine if you probably went to like, uh, I don't know what the equivalent would be. You know, if you went to Toronto and we're playing junior A hockey in Toronto, I imagine you could probably tell some tales because you could probably you probably played against guys who ended up in the NHL. Yeah. But, but when they were 16 or 17, Lord knows what they what kind of trouble they were getting into. You know, I think every sport, whether it be, you know, no matter what, we, we could all probably have been involved in something where, man, we could tell some stories if we needed to. Because uh, I know I've got a few wrestling ones that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, what goes on in a in a in a college uh, football locker room? Maybe not so bad nowadays, but what went on 20, 30 years ago? I I, I, dare, I shudder. <laughs> shudder. Well, yeah, I mean, look at that Penn State nonsense. Well, we you won't know. get into that. No, but I'm just saying, like, I mean, and that's not even players, but yeah, I can. I mean, there is there. I mean, hockey still has it. There is a culture of good old boy. Uh, you know, I got this happened to me, so it's okay for me to do it to somebody else mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And they've kind of now if the teams get fined and get into trouble if they get caught hazing. So I'm not sure if the players the guys maybe have just got smart enough not to do it. Yeah. Where anybody sees it. I don't know. But yeah, I mean it was good times and some interesting times and there was some hockey played in between there somewhere. Hey, there's a couple of hockey <laughs> games. Yeah. What, what what do you think about that, Jeff? Well, uh you know, it it don't happen just college or our high school football team. Uh, if you were underclassmen, you had to perform in the gong, what they called the gong show. And uh, if you you had to put on a show or make the older the upper class, or if you hadn't played before, like if that was your first year, you yeah. had to make them laugh. You had to do something to make them laugh. And if you laughed, you passed. You didn't get the shit beat out of you. But if you didn't make them laugh, well, you got thrown in the shower and pretty much you know abused candy bar the door is is over with <laughs> you know I, I never went through anything like that sports related um i really i i don't recall ever having that issue maybe it's where i'm a little bit older like maybe a lot of that had stopped but i don't know we just never had that issue there was a lot of toxic masculinity back in the day where that was somehow considered that, you know, a real man would, <laughs> it's kind of stupid, you know, a real man would stick a bar of soap up his ass. That really makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, but seriously, I like, I don't recall ever being like a, a hazing or ritual. I mean, you didn't have it in school. Not that I, I mean, I'm not saying there wasn't some kind of like bullying. I mean, there's bullying everywhere, but in terms of like, I was on the wrestling team. I was on the football team for a little while. I was no, in the I mean, band. like you didn't you didn't have it like just in school period that you didn't have Spirit Week. Oh, we had Spirit Week, but nothing like you like weren't that. brushing you weren't brushing toilets with a toothbrush during Spirit Week. No, why would oh, you do God. that? Because that's what they used to do to the to the uh, new kids. You were in uh, grade when you were in when I guess what's what do you guys call it a junior? Is that grade ten? Uh, be sophomore. Okay, well, what, well, grade nine then, I guess for you guys, because you got grade nine. Juniors, juniors are eleven. Oh, okay, well, whatever, whatever the lowest grade was. Yeah. When you first went to that school. That's you had to you would you know you get a scrub the entire hallway with the toothbrush. Get down on your hands and knees and start scrubbing. 
No, nah, we never had to do that. Well, and it was only for a week. And, of course, everybody took it because, well, next year, it's payback time. You talking about college or high school? No, high school. No, nah, we never had that in high school. Now, I've heard of, like, pledging for fraternities where they make you do that, but we never had that issue. <laughs> pledging for fraternities usually involves a sheep or a goat. Yeah, I never, when I went to college, everybody was like, come be in our fraternity. I'm like, no. <laughs> or, or, or drinking. <laughs> I don't a lot of drinking and, and obscene amounts of alcohol for some reason that escapes me. But I don't know. Just never saw the point in it. Never thought it really made anything better or worse. It's just like, eh, this is kind of dumb, but what do I know? No, we never had anything like that, hmm. really. They did when I was in high school, and then by the time, like my kids, they had they had banned it by that point. But I went through it. I mean, it wasn't – they weren't allowed to do anything too crazy to you, but – it would get annoying when you're a senior. Every time a senior came anywhere near you, they'd yell at you, and you had to do whatever they told you to do. It was kind of dumb, really. But yeah, yeah. Well, all right, let's. Uh, <laughs> we just spent a half an hour talking about hockey and hazing and Tim's junior hockey league. Did you hear that? Uh, speaking of which, did you hear that uh, Tom Robinson thinks the government is uh, spying on him? They probably are. They got a picture of him on that roller coaster. You're going to have to explain. Well, what happens when you're on a roller coaster? They take your picture, right? Yeah. Oh, okay. Tom thought the government was spying on him. You, you, I was about to say you lost me there for a second. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't hear Jeff laugh either, so... Clearly wasn't as funny as I uh, thought it was. <laughs> Want to hear something real funny though, Jeff? Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, <laughs> you ain't wrong there. Tampa Bay Timberwolves, right? Nah, I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't mind that. That's the really mascot. Well, they changed That's the mascot name to a to a turd. I hope Tampa not, Bay but turd. they might. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that's the coolest thing about the Minnesota franchise is the is the logo. I do like their logo. The logo is pretty solid. Yeah, the logo is pretty sweet. I can't lie about that. Um, <laughs> you know, it feels like every week we're having to talk about this, but I got to bring something up. Is anybody... <laughs> it's kind of funny. No anybody saying, up to date on the Rachel Nichols situation? Sadly, I am. I feel somehow... Jeff, do you know what's going on here? Yeah, enlighten me. I just I thought she was on TV like a week ago. Well, I mean, she hasn't been taken off TV. She's been pulled from being sideline reporter. Well, no, and the jump has been canceled. Oh, did they cancel it? Well, for for now, anyway. Oh, okay. I didn't know so, that. Yeah. Apparently, Rachel Nichols made some insensitive comments about it. It's Michaela Andrews, correct, Tim? Yes. About her getting a job because of her race. And it was made in private. And was recorded, which I'm all for race relations, but just because somebody says something in private and, you know, that it was being recorded without her knowledge to me, that's wrong. But that's not really what I want to talk about per se. Did you happen to see the other day, Tim, the trending on Twitter of Rachel Nichols and Jimmy Butler? No, I didn't see that. I saw, well, you go into that and then I'll go into what I know. Well, what I saw, apparently, 
There is, now this is of course rumor and there's nothing to back it up, but there are some claims apparently that Rachel Nichols was in the bubble and she was banging Jimmy Butler <laughs> while in Orlando in the bubble. And that was why he was so miserable? Well, apparently that they're thinking, some people are saying, look at how exhausted he was <laughs> in the finals. <laughs> but that's legit. Of, like, that's what I'm seeing online. I'm seeing, like, Rachel Nichols was getting passed around from Jimmy Butler. and Time, oh, to, uh, Lord. time to make the penetrating defense. Well, and... if you think about it, you know, remember when the, the Wolves and the Heat played last year and he and Towns were getting into it and Towns would just yell at him about, yeah, go call Rachel Nichols now. <laughs> Now, I don't think, now again, this is all hearsay. This is not actual news, but I mean, it's kind of comical with yeah, all this going on. My my problem with it is this. Is it a smart thing to say? No. no. Should she have said it? Probably not. But I can't understand why just saying that you think, well, you know, she might have got that job because she's black. I don't understand how that gets you fired. I can't make that leap. I think there's a be a. I mean, if she does, more than likely, uh, Fox Sports usually comes to the rescue. Look at Colin Cowherd. Uh, I don't think it's the end for. Her. I don't no, no, I don't think so either. I don't think they'll fire. Honestly, um, I don't think it's a fireable offense. Is it wrong to say yes? Do I disagree with her? Yes, I disagree with her. But just saying that in private, not on a public forum, not online, not on the air, in private, being videotaped or recorded without your consent is wrong. What I couldn't figure out either is that they said that she thought she had her whatever device she was using, that she thought it was turned off, but it wasn't. And it was her device. And then I thought, okay, well, then who leaked the audio? Anybody else think Michaela Andrews? <laughs> <laughs> it sort of makes you wonder. I mean, I guess for me it's the double standard of if, if it was the other way around and a black person said, well, they got that job because they're white, nobody would bat an eyelash at that. And I don't want to get into the whole race part of it because it's irrelevant. Well, I mean, but but the rules – the rules should be the same for everyone is my point. Well, if she would have said it, I would have said it was wrong. And I would have said she doesn't need to lose her job. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's my point. I mean, it, it, it would have been, if we put the shoe on the other foot, nobody's liking what the, outcome. by the way, guess who, guess who took Rachel Nichols's place as the sideline reporter for the finals. Mikhail Andrews. Well, of course. How, how convenient. Wild how that happens. Now, also, though, what what also is interesting is that Rachel Nichols has been extremely woke. Oh, she has. Up until this point, which is interesting, too. She did come out and apologize. So now, though, was her wokeness just an act? Until it bit her, and then it wasn't so much fun (laughs) with the cancel culture and all that stuff? Or, like, I don't really know, but I just wish they would keep this stuff all behind closed doors. And that I didn't have to it hear about it at all. It should have never leaked to the public. If she was going right. to get in trouble, it should have been. She should have gotten trouble in private. And ESPN could have could have handled that a little better. I think it brought to me. It brought unnecessary attention to 
this situation when we've got this whole NBA finals going on. I'm not looking at, at this as a, it's, it's not a positive. I don't care if people are happy that, that she is, you know, whatever happens. I mean, if you, if you agree with her, then fine. If you don't, whatever, I think it's, I don't think she should have made the statement, but I also don't think she should get in major trouble over this either. What, so. what the NBA should be more worried about and ESPN should be more worried about is that game one of the finals was down 50% from not the bubble year because we're not counting the bubble year, but the year before that. That's concerning or should be. I'm not surprised. I'm not either, but somebody needs to start looking at why. I think Me- Small market teams. Yeah, uh, the, the teams. Okay, but down, but fifty percent down. People want to watch the stars. LeBron's not there. Steph Curry's not yeah, there. Kevin Durant's not. And I know the casual NBA watcher is not going to tune in to watch the, you know, the Suns and the Bucks. I'm sorry. I, I listen. I love the Suns and the Bucks being in the finals. I think it's great. But as far as ratings, it's not going to help. Like if the in like let's just say for example the 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 Super Bowl, it's going to be high rated no matter what because it's the Super Bowl. People uh, watch the Super Bowl that don't even watch any. That's football. exactly my point though. But the NF, but the NBA is a series. It's not one big game. It won't matter. All you watch, their ratings are going to tank for the whole thing. It won't make any difference. Well, they'll blame it on the two small market teams then, whether that's the cause or not. That's what the, the blame is going to be. I think. I mean, I won't blame it. I mean, that's part of it. I won't say it's not some of it. ESPN does themselves no favors. Their coverage is garbage. Oh, ESPN's coverage is horrid. It's like, horrible. I'm, be- I'm begging. I'm begging TNT to get the coverage for the finals. Yeah, well, nobody so much no, better. Nobody in hockey land is upset that ESPN and NBC aren't covering hockey anymore. Yeah. Nobody. ESPN just doesn't do a good job of their coverage anymore. Like, I miss Marv Albert, which he's retired. So congratulations, Marv, on your retirement. Kevin Harlan is a great announcer. I love the halftime show, obviously, inside the NBA. It's the best halftime show anywhere with Ernie and Kenny and Charles and Shaq. Uh, TNT just does a better job. I mean, they had Craig Sager for so many years, and they had – all these different people that were so good. ESPN just doesn't have it. They've got, you know, Michael Wilbon and Stephen A. Smith and, and, and you know, Matt Barnes. Um, you know, I miss Reggie Miller. Uh, Hubie Brown. My guy, Hubie Brown. I don't know. Just don't like ESPN covering the uh, NBA Finals. It's just me. Roy Reggie's with TNT now, right? He covers yes. Those, the games. Of course, Hubie was great on the air whenever he was – and Hubie is is the best color guy in the game. He just is. You want to get an argument from me? Like I I can watch he I can listen to Hubie commentate a baseball game and I'm in. Like we've got basically for ESPN in the finals. Let's see here. We're looking at. When they go to ABC, it's Mike Breen, Jeff Van Gundy, and Mark Jackson. Jesus. Then your studio analysts, Maria Taylor, Jalen Rose, Jay Williams, and Woj. I like Woj. 
Uh, Jalen Rose, I could t- I'm, I'm, I'm over him anymore. He gets on my nerves, especially after his Kevin Love comment. Uh, Jay Williams doesn't do much for me either. Uh, oh, no, and Woj took some heat yesterday or the day before. What Woj do? Supposedly is not uh, very accepting of new black talent at ESPN. Okay. That's what I said. I said, well, well what, okay. What did he do? <laughs> uh, well, again, you know, you know, it's the same old story. You know, inside sources suggest that, and it's like, okay, give me something specific or shut up. Yeah, I mean, ABC's had the finals now for gosh years. I miss the NBC having the finals. Yeah, Marv Albert, Bill Walton, Steve Jones, or Marv Albert and Doug Collins. Like, man, that was good stuff. I just want to. I want to. ABC has had it since 2003, and it's been Mark Jackson, Jeff Van Gundy, and and Mike Breen since to that since then. And I mean, Mike Breen's not terrible. I'm not knocking Mike Breen, but man, I'm sick of Jeff Van Gundy. I wish really? somebody would hire him. I like Van Gundy. He tells. I mean, he at least he gives his opinion, and uh, he bitches constantly. He is. He is, uh, and, uh, you know, I think he makes some great points in some stuff. He's off the wall with some stuff, but, you know, that's just who he is. But I, I'm I, like you. I agree with the, the coverage with Hubie, and uh, there was a coach named Dr. Jack Ramsey. He was a good – He's not, I think he's bad now, but uh, he did a good job in the late 90s and early 2000s mm-hmm. when he was with the ESPN, uh, and they, they would cover it after – the coverage after NBC or whatever, the post-game stuff. But uh, People people might disagree with me on this. I really like Doris Burke announcing. I like the way she announces and covers games. I do. I mean, uh, you guys can disagree with me if you want. I like her as a, as a broadcaster. I just want when the when the game is like the pregame show is one thing and the postgame show is, is another thing. But when it's the actual telecast of the game, I want to hear about the game. I want to know what's going on, why things are where, why they are, who's doing what, that sort of stuff. I hate it when they start rambling off about somebody did this outside of the game. And well, don't, don't said, listen to Jeff Van Gundy then. <laughs> I can't stand that. Or, or when there's like 14 games on that day. And they start talking about something that has nothing to do with the sport you're watching and don't give you the score. You know, there's no out-of-town scoreboard anymore or what happened over here. They, they don't talk about – they try to – they're going – I hate to say it, ESPN in particular goes for PC points, whatever they may be. You're right. You're, I mean, I'm not going to disagree. And I, I, like I said, in the pregame and the postgame, you can do that stuff. I'm okay with it then. But, you know, the game is going on, and they start rambling on about something that has nothing to do with the game while the play is happening. And it's just like, Jesus. <laughs> All God. Jeff Van Gundy does is bitch about fouls and replay. Like, that, at, least that's, that's, at least that's basketball related. Like, listen, if I have to hear him bitch about replay one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. Like, it's well, like, dude good stuff when the ball was off of Booker and he didn't really cause it to go out of bounds. The guy from the Clippers did, but it was off of him. And yeah. He was explaining the intent of the rule. 
is is it should it be off even though Booker's last to touch it should it be Clippers ball you know with well, that would have happened. So, Last guy yeah. to touch it is is the rule. I mean, right. I mean, well, that's what I'm. He brought up. Well, should it be that way? Uh, you would think so, but same time, does it would have happened without? You know, I can't remember who was guarding. Uh, would have happened had he not hit it, hit it off of him. I guess you could say. Well, then, then that would take away the whole jumping out of bounds, throwing the ball back, and hitting the guy in the leg, and it rolling out of bounds. And then he brings up some good points about, well, how come we're not covering this in the first two or three minutes of the game, and it's, everything's coming down dissected in the last. Listen, I don't disagree with him that they're that they use the replay too much. I don't. I, I don't disagree with him. It's just every single game. It's like, dude, we know. We know. It's not only that, it's when they do use it. And I hate to, I mean, I like replay to a point. But when they start replaying things and, oh, well, they're, they're going to go look at it. And it's like, why? This clearly was whatever it was. And they should have to look at this for like three seconds yeah. to come up with the answer. And a minute and a half later, they're still looking at it. And it kills games sometimes it absolutely and, and i also them. and i also hate that it gives teams a free timeout i don't think they should be allowed a free timeout like that deandre ayton probably doesn't score that play if there isn't a review. i guarantee he doesn't <laughs> i mean i'm i'm not against trying to get the right call and all of that but you can micromanage too much you can and it's and it's getting to that point where everything everything gets looked at and it's just i think the nfl when it comes to replay i think the nfl's got it down pat i think they're really about the best they only review if it's really close only within under two minutes and they automatically review all scoring plays in the nfl which i think is a good thing i think the nfl's got it down pat Baseball doesn't need replay because we're already falling asleep. The NBA, they do it too much. They need to just stick with what they know. If that makes sense. Like trust your, you can trust your officials because if you've noticed nine out of 10 times, those officials are right. And when, and when they're not, it's, well, we've got 17 camera angles and we looked at this 300 times in the last two minutes and we're still not quite sure, but. We're going to go, we're going to overturn the call and you're watching at home. And I I don't know if they're seeing exactly what we get to see on the broadcast, but a lot of times I've seen stuff and I went, I don't know what they're looking at, but (laughs) I didn't see anything there that would make me say otherwise than what was originally called. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what guys, we need, go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. I think the officiating has been pretty good. Oh, it has. Uh, I'm not knocking the official. The first game of the night the sun shot a lot of foul shots compared to what the bucks did i'll tell you what we'll talk about game one let's go ahead and take a break and we'll be back right after this we'll talk about game one we'll talk about game two and i also want to bring up a discussion jeff you mentioned what somebody say something no oh okay i'm hearing things but Jeff, you brought up um, market like small versus big market teams earlier. I want to talk about what constitutes a small market and a big market team. 
So let's go ahead and take our first break. We'll be back right after this from a good word from our sponsor, the man bringing you the bash in Beckley on August 7th, new Taylor and associates. Check them out. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, social security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1-800-203-9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. Are you tired of the same old average everyday lifestyle and the same old job that has you making less money than what you know you're worth? Well, you should head on over to stripcamfun.com. On Strip Cam Fun, there are tons of eligible men and women waiting to perform for you, and you can join in on the fun yourself. Just head on over at stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. If you get there right now, you'll get to see some of the most beautiful women, men, and whatever else your heart desires, and you can take advantage of the good times being had on stripcamfun.com. Make sure you get there right now and let them know that Wide Men Can't Jump brought you over. Because stripcamfun.com is not just for everyone. Must be 18 years of older to join in on the good times. Strip Cam Fun, be sure to visit right now. It's stripcamfun.com where you can strip on cam and have some fun. Thanks to our great sponsors, the new Taylor and Associates, and of course, Strip Cam Fun. So check all out all our sponsors and come to the bash in Beckley. It's coming up less than a month away. August the 7th. Can't wait to go to Beckley and have a ball. I'll be there. Stephen P. New will be there. Gary Dameron will be there. Ed Bogus will be there. And so many more. Watch for my heel turn where I show up <laughs> unexpectedly. You show up, un- you show up unexpectedly. I will eat a bag of shit. Right there in would, front of the world. Would you not lose your mind if suddenly the lights went off and they came back on and I was at the announce table and I drop a big elbow on you? <laughs> Considering I don't even think you have a passport, yes, I would be stunned. It would take some doing, but they, I, I do know Stephen News. So you do know that. Stephen P. New. I'll give you I that. Might, I might be able to get into the country. Maybe. I don't know if you'd be able to get out, but you might be able to get in. You guys wouldn't want me to leave if I ever got in. Oh, yes. But anyway, okay. let's talk about game one of the finals. Jeff brought it up earlier. Um, you know, you said you liked the officiating. The foul shots were, I don't know. I, I haven't looked at the actual numbers, which, by the way, as we record this right now, it's game two is going on. Bucks and Suns, 29-28, Bucks lead in the second quarter. So still a long ways to go there. Uh, the Phoenix was 25 of 26. Uh-huh. And Milwaukee was nine of sixteen. Well, there is a little bit of a discrepancy there, but also Phoenix made more. 
So, I mean, not trying to say who's who there, but, uh, you know, Giannis, I thought Giannis played well considering he was hurt. And I don't think he was 100%. 20 points, 17 boards, not bad for a guy with uh, that probably shouldn't have been playing, honestly. Uh, Middleton had 29-7-4. Lopez has been... uh, Brooke Lopez, talk about a career resurgence here. It's the best I've seen Brooke Lopez play in a long time. 17 points, 6 boards for Lopez. Um, Phoenix just got it done. Chris Paul, 32 and 9. DeAndre Ayton, 22 and 19. 27 and 6 for Booker. 14 for Bridges. 10 for Cam Johnson. 10 for Cam Payne. And I don't mean Cam Payne, I mean Cameron Payne. Uh, so a, a good night all around. Bad news for Dario Saric, though, in this game. Torn ACL. Done. Done for the year. Done for a long time. Maybe most of the next year, too. So go ahead, Jeff. Give me your thoughts. Game one. What did you What did you see? You know, you brought up the officiating. I I, I can see your point there. So so what's uh, What do you got? What What's going on? What's well, going through the, the mind of Jeff? Well, uh, you know, as you said, the Bucks shot sixteen and didn't help themselves out by barely shooting fifty percent. Yeah. But um, I thought still nine is a discrepancy, though. That is quite a discrepancy. Uh, Coach Bud. Uh, brought, he didn't really call out the officials, but he did kind of say that uh, insinuated, well, yeah, they shot a lot of foul shots. They were, uh, they got to the line a lot. I think he said something as an effect to try to bring that up. But uh, pretty much what I expected. I thought that the Phoenix would win game one, and then the second game would be a lot better. Uh, so far, it has been. Uh, Phoenix had a had a little bit more rest, and, uh, you know, Bucks have uh, been resilient over the last uh, couple series. You know, they got down 3-2 and could have folded after blowing game five at, uh, mm-hmm. at uh, Brooklyn and then uh, lost game one at home to Atlanta and then came back and won six games. So uh, I don't, they're definitely not going to fold and uh, you know, making it this far, and they, they definitely got the talent. I, I still... <laughs> The officials are still missing on uh, Giannis's uh, foul shots. I mean, there's a 10-second uh, violation if you take too much time at the line. And I mean, the fans are what counting what 12, 13 seconds uh, usually when he's at the line, and they don't ever, they haven't, still haven't caught it. I mean, are they? Uh, who? They're not even given like a hand motion when they count to 10. Have you seen that? I haven't seen them do a hand motion, and I haven't seen them like actually call it. But the crowd counting, I don't think actually is helping, <laughs> if I could say that, um, because the crowd counts kind of fast. Yeah, you counting to thirteen is probably not anywhere near ten seconds, to be honest. Counting to thirteen by crowd standards, I would call that probably about seven, maybe six. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's. It, I mean, they're giving it a. It's not like a, it may. It may be right at ten, but I mean, it's. I'm not hearing a Mississippi in that crowd. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Maybe they should do one one thousand. You know, and but. Uh, anyways, uh, they, Phoenix had a lot of you know a lot of balance. Uh, the stars stepped up. Paul, like you said, Booker and Aiden had a huge game. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Bucks they had. 
jitters being on the road, you know, early. But yeah, uh, I mean, there to me, it was a perfect storm for Milwaukee to to really not play well. Like I think they had a good excuse. We're on the road, first time in the finals. We got jitters. Our best players injured. Didn't even think he was going to play until you know an hour or two before the game. Like. And they still were competitive. Like they were getting blown out, but they came back and they had it within single digits at one point. Granted, Phoenix pulled away at the end, but you know, Milwaukee, to me, they shouldn't have hung their head after that game. I mean, they're playing now, they're in the game. If they steal game two, that's big. That's gonna be really, really big for them. Yeah, they'll steal home court advantage and uh going back to Milwaukee with you know, with a chance to win a couple games there. So uh, I think this is a big, a uh, lot bigger game than what people might think. If they get, you know, up 2-0, Phoenix does, and all the pressure's on Milwaukee to perform at home, which they have. Uh, I think they've only lost what one home, the only home game they've lost is that game one to Atlanta, and they responded well after that. So uh, I think the biggest thing is to uh, – you know, make adjustments for this game, and it looks like they're in a lot closer game than they were uh, for game one so far. So, kudos to them for that. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. Right now, as as we said, it's the Suns have taken the lead. They're up thirty nine thirty five. Again, very very early in the game. Uh, looking at it here, Giannis has seven. Holiday seven. Middleton with four. On the other side, it's Crowder, Booker, Paul, all with six. Bridges leading the way, scoring with eight. Long way to go in this one, so this could go either way. Tim, what's your thoughts looking and, and hearing all these things that, that we're talking about here? Well, I think you're both crazy, but I think that regardless. So, Well, as you should. Yeah. Um, I kind of, I don't know, uh, Jeff might agree with me. I don't know if you will. Okay. I kind of I think Milwaukee needs to win tonight. I think they're really putting themselves in a spot if they don't, because they're still going to have to get one in Phoenix to win. Yes, I'll say this. I'll say this. I think Milwaukee, call it what you will, I think Milwaukee is definitely going to win game three. In Milwaukee. I I don't dispute that, but what I'm saying is if they go down 2-0, I'll even give them, even if they win both games in Milwaukee, they still have to figure out a way to win once yeah. in Phoenix. They do got to win in Phoenix. And I think tonight, if they're going to get one, tonight would be the night to now, get now, Yeah, now's, now's the night. A lot easier than game five or seven. Yes, uh, for it, sure. If it, if it heads that direction. Do they still uh, do that for the finals? Do they still do game five and then back to game six and the other place and then back for the game seven? Or do they do the two, three, two? Uh, they they. They did one, away one, with one. Two, three, two. Yeah. yeah. They, they don't they do away with that. Fifteen or sixteen, I think. I thought but they I think, did. I just wasn't for sure. I knew they did in the like the 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 conference playoffs. I didn't know if they they had in the finals yet. I think the year the first the year LeBron came back from three one in the yeah. Cavs was the first year of the two two one 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 in the finals in a long long time. Okay. No, but, I didn't uh, know. That's why I was asking. I kind of like the two-three-two because two, you know if you lost a game at home, uh, that you know the team that won on the road there the first two games, uh, they had the advantage, major advantage. That means you know they 
could go ahead and finish you off. So the pressure was on first two games to win at home. So which it is anyways, but uh, I think they might have done that just to make sure that one team didn't have the advantage over the other. Uh, well, I mean, would you rather play two games at home and then three on the road or vice versa? You know, I think a lot of the losing, the a lot of the teams that were getting three games at home were kind of liking that. It's like, well, I mean, granted, they have the advantage, but hell, we, you know, all we got to do is win one, and we don't have to go back there. You know, right? We, so again, it was kind of a, it's an interesting scenario to think about. Um, but yeah, so NBA finals, those are going on. Um. Gonna be interesting uh, because again we got to crown a champion, and it's gonna be either a team that's never won it or a team that hasn't won it since '71. Um, I'm still taking Phoenix in six. That was my prediction the other day. I'm gonna stick with that. Any of you guys want to throw a prediction out there? Mm, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say we walk in six. Okay. Tim? No, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with the Phoenix and six. That works for me. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. I just, don't, I just don't know if it means. It means to me that means Phoenix is going to have to win Game Six on the road if they do it in six. Uh, how they have it set up, I just don't. And maybe seven. I just, I don't know. I think, I think Milwaukee's going to rebound. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, if I had money to put on it, I would put as much money as I could on Milwaukee taking game three, no matter the outcome tonight. I think Milwaukee takes game three and game four. If Milwaukee wins tonight, game four is must win for Phoenix. If Phoenix wins tonight, game four is must win for Milwaukee. So, and that's if, if they get game three, but so I don't know. I think Milwaukee wins game three, no matter what, it's hard to, to go into somebody else's house Especially with the finals going on, it's going to be packed. I mean, they're going to have deer. He's shooting a foul shot now. Yeah, here we go. Let's get to, get those times. Go ahead, give me the official count. Okay. We're we're going to get an official. Okay, he's he's border he's borderline. That's so close that. Let's check on the second I mean, here. Check the second. Was. Check I've the second. The, I've got the I've got the watch going here. Okay, okay go Tim's ahead. got go the ahead. watch. We'll go see. Ahead. And it starts as soon now. as he touches it. All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. No, he's just under the wire, but Woo! just barely. He's at yeah. like nine and a half, but he's he's. Yep. He's right on. He's right on the wire. Well, that answers that great debate. Uh, well, it's possible he was past ten before. Maybe he's. Yeah, that's uh, only two shots, but. Oh yeah. But he was. He, he's definitely taking his time. Though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe a little too much time, if you can, if you can believe that. Well, he only made one out of two, so that was also. I mean, I don't know if he's having the Shaq moment up there or something. That if he thinks, if he thinks about it, maybe he's thinking about it too much. Well, I got a couple of just real quick news items I want to bring in here while we're 
you know, kind of waiting to see what the, the finals are going to look like here come halftime. Uh, let me find my news here. I've got news, ladies and gentlemen. I've got news. I got um, Fury and Wilder. Yeah. I was going to bring that up. Yeah, Wilder and Tyson Fury postponed because of COVID. Yeah. Fury Crazy. tested positive. As, I mean, you figured it would. I mean, sheesh. You know, if, if boxing didn't already have enough trouble. And Tokyo is not allowing any spectators. Yeah. Jeff, you've been reading my news. <laughs> You know what's interesting about that though is I I thought okay they say well they're a st- state of emergency and I'm like okay how, how much COVID have they got going on over in Japan? Apparently that Delta variant is is taking off big over there. But it hasn't because when I looked at the numbers, Japan like it's got a lot of people now. Granted, it's pretty packed in. I mean, for for comparison's sake, the United States has got twenty thousand today. Which, admittedly, is pretty good for as many people as you guys have got. Say that, that's low. <laughs> okay, J- Japan had 2,000. Well, I think what Japan is trying to do is make sure they have it and not have it get to the athletes or have a huge outbreak around the athletes. Because, yeah. let's be honest here, how many times do you watch the Olympics and actually pay attention to the crowd Outside of maybe like gymnastics, you hear the crowd. But other than that, do you really like pay attention to the crowd during the Olympics? Usually, most Olympic sports they demand quiet. I yeah, I just figure it's got more to do with the fact that that's an island nation. There's 173 million people or something like that crammed into that spot. That too. And and if it did get going there, it's going to be a, a while. So better oh, safe way, than sorry. By the way, congratulations, uh, Jenny Thrasher. She made another Olympic team. Unfortunately, she is going as the first alternate. She did not make the um, the actual rifle squad. I think she missed it, just barely missed it. But uh, she did. Uh, I believe she did make the team. So Jenny's going to break a few legs. She'll be out there. <laughs> That girl loves to shoot. Uh, we love Jenny here. I just, I uh, mean, again, that's another one where somebody who has an Olympic gold medal, you got to find a way to get them out there. I know the rules are the rules for qualifying, but still. Uh, another piece of news, Nate McMillan, the Atlanta Hawks are now in agreement. Nate McMillan will be the team's new head coach. The guy who took over as interim coach, uh, from Lloyd Pierce and took the Atlanta Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> Can you believe it? They gave him the job. <laughs> now, did you see this James Harden story? You know, I just saw that he had gotten detained. I didn't see what happened. What he was, was in, he, according to this story, uh, Associated Press, um, he was in Paris with American rapper Lil Baby, whoever that is. I don't know. <laughs> Lil Baby. Boy, they're Lil, really, Lil they're really getting creative here, aren't they? And Lil Baby was uh, detained for allegedly transporting drugs. Harden was with him but was not detained. Now, I wonder if his celebrity did him some good there, perhaps. 
Uh, images shared on social networks show the Brooklyn Nets star being frisked. Uh, blah, 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 blah. One other person was also detained and was not released. They're in Paris to attend fashion. What the hell is James Harden doing in Paris attending fashion week? A beard getting it done? Must be. So, I mean, regardless, uh, James Harden better watch himself uh, hanging out with guys who are packing around illegal drugs in foreign countries. Not a good look. No, no, it's not. He was detained, but um, I don't know. He just <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't cuff him because he immediately fell on the ground. <laughs> That's a good one. That's good. I'm sorry, I accidentally hit a button on my mic. <laughs> that was good. That that was pretty good. You take a walk. <laughs> <laughs> he immediately fell to the ground and began and flopped away from from authorities. He didn't shoot anybody, did he? Because he shoots a lot. <laughs> mm. I don't know how the French are. I believe, if, I, if I've if i got my stories straight, I believe the French don't have a lot of sense of humor about, uh, I mean, better than in the Asian countries with the drugs, but I don't think you want to get into any trouble in a foreign country, period. It just doesn't seem like a very smart thing to do. No. About, uh, some more news. Uh former Masters champion, U.S. Open champion in golf, Angel Cabrera, getting sentenced two years to prison for a domestic assault on a former partner. <sighs> I didn't see that, but... Uh, I mean, but, this guy won. I mean, if you go back and watch it on YouTube, 2007, the U.S. Open was at uh, Oakmont. This guy was smoking camels and, and beating Tiger Woods and Jim Furyk. And one of the most prestigious championships. Although he ended up, he quit smoking. I mean, I mean, what's it like to see this day and age? I mean, here's a guy smoking camels on <laughs> hollow ground of a U.S. Open and beating everybody. It was, I mean, it was kind of humorous. Well, then he won at the Masters in 2009 and almost won again in 2013. He lost in a playoff against uh, Adam Scott. But he is 51 years old now, and apparently this is a, a trend that he's had a couple other times, but he didn't get in trouble for it before. So, well, that's uh, you know there was a time when you could kind of get away with that stuff, but that time is gone. And, yes, it is, and probably and, for the better. Yeah, there's no Argentina. That was an Argentina, as you all were talking about. This happened in Argentina, where he was from. So. Yeah, I, I I have a hard time finding any sympathy for anybody who gets caught doing that, and it's yeah. and I, it's it, it's tough for me to care about that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's just if people would just focus on on how how like he's got he had so much talent, you know, if he just focused on that instead of just I don't know. And they, he also won at the Greenbrier that one year. Of, yeah, all the years they had the. Uh, yeah, so. I remember. I remember that. You know, I never did go to the Greenbrier. I kind of wish I would have. Never did get you're there. not. You're you're on the not visit list. Yeah, Green Jim Briar, Justice probably. doesn't want me there. <laughs> you're probably not allowed. He can't come in. He don't pet baby dog. Screw that. You're a card carrying Democrat. You ain't getting into the Greenbrier. <laughs> not a card carrying <laughs> Democrat. Oh no, you're an independent, aren't you? That's right. Don't you forget. Well, that's 
might as well be a Gargarian Democrat to Jim Justice. Yeah, really. <laughs> anyway, enough about my political standing. Uh, <laughs> let's. I want to talk about something that, that somebody brought up to me the other day, and I hadn't even... You know, I'd never actually stopped and said, you know, that's a pretty good question. But somebody brought this up to me. We were talking about the NBA Finals, and he was like, yeah, uh, he goes... You know, are those considered, you know, big markets, small markets? And I'm like, I was like, well, I think they're considered small markets. He goes, well, what's the difference between a big market and a small market? And, you know, I had to stop and think. I was like, you know, obviously we know the big markets, New York, L.A., Chicago. And Kroger's. (laughs) Well, population's (laughs) the biggest, one of the biggest things. Well, I found an article here. It's major pro sports teams ranked by market size. Says here, ranking, there's 115 U.S.-based franchises in the big four sports. And uh, and that's by Nielsen TV Market. As of 2021, the top five television markets are New York, L.A., Chicago, Philadelphia, and Dallas-Fort Worth. Dallas-Fort Worth area, 2.963 million. Philadelphia, 2.997 million. That's homes, according to the Nielsen rating. Uh, Chicago, 3.472 million, Los Angeles, 5.735 million. And of course, why New York is still King New York, 7.453 million homes. That's why they've got two of everything in New York. But you know, some of these markets are bigger than you would expect. And some are smaller than you would anticipate. Um, you know, I'll I'll throw this at Jeff. Big four sports, Jeff. Of all the sports, what would you consider the smallest market in probably all? Green, probably Green Bay. Correct. It Correct. is Green, Green Bay. Green. 456,000. All right. So now we take away Green Bay, and it's you go to Buffalo. Buffalo's got the Bills and the Sabres. Hmm. 613,000 homes. Memphis at 620,000. Here's a here's a market I thought would be much bigger. New Orleans. Only 664,000 homes in the in the Memphis, in the New Orleans market. Is anybody surprised by that? Well, yeah, I remember before, I mean, NBA, they just had one team. They haven't they don't have a hockey team. They don't have a didn't have a basketball team for a long time. And uh uh, don't have a baseball team, so really all they had was the Saints. Yeah, but again, as I go up this list here, I'm seeing more like Oklahoma City, seven hundred fifty-five thousand. Okay, well, I will ask you this question. Nick. Go ahead. How many how many people do you think live in uh, New Orleans? You know, I don't I, know. I, I am actually I am flabbergasted by this number. I would say okay. what? Oh. What, two million? <laughs> Three hundred and forty three thousand. Wow, that's wow. it. That's it. That's it. Wow. Now New Orleans has a perception of being a great big place in my mind, but apparently not. I you know, it it's a I I guess it's just the way it's laid out. It looks like a huge city. Now the greater metropolitan area 
yeah has, yeah. has 1.2 million okay now that yeah. sounds a little better but but the actual city itself isn't that big though that's kind of like Jacksonville. They're the greater yeah. area, but kind of big. Jacksonville's on this list too. For uh, seven hundred fifty-seven thousand homes, they hit. You know, Columbus has ninety-nine, nine hundred ninety-nine thousand homes. Kansas City nine eighty-six. Cincinnati nine twenty-six. Milwaukee is considered a very small market, nine hundred twenty-two thousand. I don't know if you guys know this, but Green Bay used to play. The Packers used to play two of their home games in Milwaukee. I did not know that. I did not know yeah. that actually. Sometimes they would go down there and play at the baseball stadium. Uh, yeah, and Las Vegas is actually considered a small market according to this list. Well, only by population. Only by not, population. Not by anything else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vegas eight hundred thirty-four thousand homes, but I mean that's a tourist destination if I've ever seen one. Um, but as you go up, I mean. I thought Phoenix would be considered a small market. Do you know how what Phoenix is ranked here? They're ranked 11th with 2.158 million homes that they well, yeah, cover. Well, they've hosted a few Super Bowls, so you know they're yeah. Most Super Bowls are going to be, you know, should be a yeah. big market. Yeah, Minneapolis, have, uh, St. Paul's another market, 1.8. Five million Detroit, one point eight six three. So I mean, there's team like you see the markets and you're like, okay, that makes sense or that doesn't. It's based on homes and like I would have never thought Salt Lake City would be would have a bigger market than Milwaukee or Las Vegas or <laughs> New Orleans. Well, Phoenix it's, has a pro team in every sport, correct? They I do. They do. Suns, Cardinals, Diamondbacks, Coyotes. Yeah. Whereas I'm looking at some of these and they don't. I mean, St. Pete has a pretty big market. Tampa, St. Pete, they've only got the Bucks, Rays, and Lightning, no basketball team. Um, Orlando's only got the Magic. That's it. And they're 1.731 million. I think I'm Phoenix, so- Phoenix, too, is, um, what did you say, 4.5, I believe, in the metropolitan area of Phoenix. There's only uh, 7 million people in the state. So mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that... Most of them live in either Flagstaff, Scottsdale, or Phoenix. <laughs> so that might be another reason why that's a big market, because there's nothing else. And like you know, Miami, you... the Miami market's not as big as I anticipated either. 1.693 million. Which oh, might, that's considered Miami and Fort Lauderdale. Yeah, they also got a lot of competition. Like it's not, you know, there's not just one <laughs> like, sports team like, in Florida. Like ladies, like ladies in bikinis. <laughs> well, there's that too, but I mean, oh, well, I don't know. Maybe you don't really count Jacksonville as being much competition, but I mean, but Miami. It's if you think about this, if you live in Southern Florida, Miami's the end all be all, and it takes a long time to get from Orlando, Tampa, St. Pete, Daytona. Jacksonville. Yeah. It takes a long time. I mean, time Florida's to got Miami. two. Ho- Florida's got two hockey teams. For God's sake. You gotta remember that Florida's a big state. Yeah, but still, I mean, if anywhere was gonna have two hockey teams, you think that'd be Toronto or Montreal or somewhere like that, not Florida. Florida, though, is way bigger than both of those places. 
Yeah, but we're talking hockey here, not football or. Tampa like Bay one of, won what? Three Stanley Cups in the last what? Or this century, they've won three Stanley yeah, Cups. Now. But still, yeah, I mean, I mean, the Panthers. Well, and the Panthers were actually in the. They were in the Stanley Cup final way back in the day. Well, think uh, about they, this. They didn't win. The state, of Florida, didn't win, but, the state yeah. of Florida's got how many football teams? The Buccaneers, the Jaguars, the Dolphins. The Dolphins. And then you go to baseball, they've got the Marlins, they've got the Rays. Is that it? Is that all they got? Yeah, I think so, yeah. In basketball, they've got the Heat, they've got the Magic, and that's it there. I mean, two hockey teams for the whole state of Florida. I mean, hell, New York's got how many hockey teams? Islanders, Rangers? I mean, Buffalo. Yeah, I mean that's if you're going by that state. You got I Buffalo. mean the great, the, uh, I mean Greater Toronto has almost and seven million people. Count the Devils in there too. No, the Devils don't have been irrelevant for a decade. Well, they're in New Jersey. I guess they're the same market. I it's guess. in the. I mean, it's close enough. Yeah. My whole thing is, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's Florida. Mind you, I guess Toronto doesn't have two teams, but there is a team in Ottawa, which isn't that far away. Yeah, so. I mean, you got Ottawa, for God's sake. I mean, that's the nation's capital. <laughs> Shithole. How did you all end up with that as your as your capital <laughs> of all the places? You got, Tor- you got Toronto, which would make the most sense, I think, as your capital. You got, you know, all these well, big t- cities. Vancouver's like one of the coolest cities on planet yeah, Earth. But- but Vancouver was is when all that was founded. Vancouver yeah. so far it was too far away from everything to. Yeah, be. I mean that that does make sense. I mean Montreal's over in that area. I mean that's like saying why is your guys' capital Washington D.C. Why isn't it New York or L.A. <laughs> you mean it ain't? <laughs> you mean well, it ain't? <laughs> yeah, I mean in some ways. I mean. The, you mean to tell me that all these rich fucks in New York don't run the country? <laughs> I mean, if you live in Toronto, they're pretty sure the sun rises and sets in Toronto. But yeah, I'm sure the way they talk. But Ottawa. I mean, tr- tr- I mean Toronto is the provincial is the capital of Ontario. So maybe they didn't want to give them both. Maybe. But, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure that back then, I don't know how many people were in both spots. There was probably some convoluted, probably some rich white guy probably owned land in Ottawa. And <laughs> You're probably, I guarantee <laughs> it's it. probably what happened. I guarantee it. But again, like back to California, the markets here. California probably has the most franchises, I would think, in all four sports. Yeah, I mean, because they've got San Jose with, with hockey. They've got... San Francisco and Oakland and Sacramento's got a basketball team. LA's got two of everything. So yeah, you're you're there's probably three. There's three hockey teams. Yeah, the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Kings. Yeah. Uh, football has the football. They've got San Francisco. They've got the Chargers Rams. and the Rams. Used to have uh, the Raiders. But... No, they don't have them anymore. Sure. Um, they've got. There's the Clippers, Clippers, the Kings, the Warriors. That's four basketball. There's at least three baseball teams. Dodgers. Yeah. Uh, Dodgers, Angels, Giants. Uh, Padres. Padres. Actually, they have five, right? Do they have a Two fifth? LA teams, Oakland. 
Oh, yeah, they do have San, Oakland. That's five. San Francisco and then San Diego. San Diego, that's five. So they have five baseball teams out there. None of them any, and only one of them any good. Yeah. Well, they try. Well, one of them's paying for it. That's about it. So. Uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms, in terms of just markets, I mean, I would like to see some markets come back. I miss the Seattle market in terms for basketball. I mean, Seattle's a 12th ranked market here, and they've got everything. Well, they're bringing the Kraken. To Seattle. Yeah, they're even going to have an NHL team. Yeah, and they still don't have the Sonics. Come on, bring the Sonics back. Yeah, they're the next, whenever there is a team either relocates or there's a new franchise, it's going to Seattle. There's well, just the no Kings, way. The Kings were about to relocate there because they're the only team in Sacramento, in the Sacramento Stockton Modesto area. They were going to go there, but they didn't. And you know what, team? You know what city surprises me? Because I never actually stopped and thought about this. You know what surprises me? A team that doesn't have a hockey team? Cleveland. They did. They don't know more. Well, but they did. The Cleveland Barons were in the NHL for a couple of years. And then hmm. I can't remember where they ended up. See, I did not know that. Part of the, uh, I believe that might, I can't remember if that happened the same time when there was the Atlanta Flames. Or did they move to Calgary? They did. <laughs> Or was it the no? Was it the other way around? I can't remember. There was a whole when there was there was the WHA for a while, and then the WHA merged with the <laughs> NHL, and then there was the a wash. whole yeah the walk. <laughs> the uh, World yeah. Hockey Association. Because <laughs> Atlanta was the Thrashers, right? For yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then they went they went to Winnipeg. Yeah, yeah. that's what happened there. And they became the Jets. Yeah, because the Jets were there, and they went. So they went to. They folded and went to Phoenix, I believe. Coyotes initially. Yeah, they, they the NHL got a little wild there for a few years. There was a lot of movement. No, no, that was Minnesota. The Wild. No. Who were the North? Who were the North Stars? They were, and they moved to Dallas. And I believe now that I say that, I think that's what happened to the Cleveland Barons. They I moved believe, to Minneapolis, I, became I, the Wild. No, I believe they merged with the North Stars. I got to look that up because now I'm, my brain is wanting to have an answer there. Winnipeg, the Jets. Now, you want to talk about small market town. That's even a small market town in Canada. Yeah, I'm surprised Winnipeg, Winnipeg has a uh, still has a team. The Cleveland Barons hockey team. 1976 to 1978, I believe. Wow, boy, they ran long, didn't they? And then, and they were they also merge, after two seasons, the team merged with the Minnesota North Stars. And they, but they were a relocation themselves of the. Wait for it, this you're gonna love, the California Golden Seals. Yeah, bring them back. Oh, you got to check out those. Bring uniforms. them back, and they have to come out and warm up to kiss from a rose. Look, just check out their logo and their uniforms. You the California Golden Seals? You will die. Jeff, have you ever heard of this? No. We're teaching Jeff something. Yeah. Oh, dude, those jerseys are sweet. Aren't they something? Now, think, Nathan, that's back in the, in the early, late 60s, early 70s. That blue? How, how crazy that would have oh been. Oh, my God, that's sweet. 
It's very California-ish. The well, they need to bring that back. Like, the legit, legitimately, those are cool, some of the coolest hockey uniforms I've ever seen. The the Pittsburgh Penguins metallic blue ones were also really cool back in the yeah. early 70s. I actually but, like the logo, too. I think that logo is really cool. Huh. I, you yeah. know what? I'm advocating for it. Bring back the golden seals, man. Bring back those uniforms. Those Where are, are awesome. you seeing blue uniforms? For There's the a blue uniform here. Oh, they've got. Well, now do you see where the San Diego Chargers got there? Yeah. See the the green and yellow one is one of them, but they've also got a blue one too. Yeah, they got a blue uh, one with the like the lightning bolt almost. Yeah, the Chargers yeah. almost on the sleeves. Yeah. yeah, that's really sweet. I like that. I, I'm a sucker for green and yellow together, so I always like I, Seattle stuff too. So. Call it what you will. <laughs> and that's that, I think, was all going on the same time that the uh, Colorado Rockies, the first shot at hockey in Colorado happened. And then they, I don't even know where they went, somewhere. And there used to be a, the Kansas City Scouts was another team that was only around for a this, couple of years. This is, this is becoming a, a hockey relocation moment here. <laughs> well, there was a lot of it when, they, when the league expanded in 67 and then in 70 whatever it was they tried to ram it into a whole lot of places it had no business going <laughs> like next week tim will just be here with a map that nobody can see but me <laughs> just pointing at things. <laughs> no nathan if you'll uh you'll check this out here and, uh, when al davis left uh, los angeles and went back to oakland and or was in oakland left for los angeles then came back to oakland well, then he died and he moved the, to las uh, vegas <laughs> Oh, speaking of which, did you happen to see? God, this show is really rambling, but who cares? That's um, what more. The uh, somebody made a list of the reasons why all the NFL teams were not politically correct. <laughs> I did not see that. Oh my lord! Also, halftime right now, fifty-six forty-five, Suns lead. Now, what if I if I say to you the Arizona Cardinals? Yes. Why why would that be not appropriate? I have no idea. Too religious. <laughs> wow. What a stretch. Well, this is a goof list. This well, obvious. A, yeah, yeah, this wasn't a serious list, but um the Baltimore Ravens. Mm-hmm. It it would be okay as long as they consulted Raven Simone. <laughs> The only one they couldn't come up for one with was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I can. That's too expensive to pay uh, for porn. And I can't remember what their. But it was. I only saw it because I was reading the fake stories on the B. Uh, yeah. Uh, ESPN anchor fired after being caught on Mike actually talking about sports. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Those guys right. are so, they're uh, so did, You know, you, you mentioned uh, the Cardinals. I didn't know this until the other day. Larry Fitzgerald could get him a ring if the Suns win. He's a part owner of the Phoenix Suns. And, and Aaron Rodgers owns part of the Milwaukee Bucks. How about now, that? I did, I did know that. I didn't know that Fitzgerald, though, owned part of the Suns. So I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, plenty of football coming up, man. Jeez, Louise, we're not far off from football season at all. Well, you realize we're only about a week away from the death zone, though. Yeah, where, where, there's, where nothing. there's nothing but baseball. 
Well, the only good thing, though, is that it's going to be shorter this year than ever because of the finals going as long as they have. And then we have the Olympics, so we're going to be okay this year. Maybe. Oh, my God. What? Uh, Not you. Uh, Presidential aides getting nervous as Biden's life alert button and nuclear launch button look remarkably similar. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That is pretty funny. All right. We got to take another break. And on the other side, I have my conversation about a team that surprisingly is in the, uh, the lottery for the back-to-back years for the first time in who can even remember how long it's been. I talked with Jeff Garcia about the San Antonio Spurs. We'll be back on the other side right after this. If you're into comic books and collectibles, then you are going to want to check out Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. They buy and sell comic books, action figures, pop funkos, vintage video game system, vinyl records, and other collectibles. Retro and vintage collectibles are their specialty. They have fair and competitive pricing on all their items. Their prices will make you say... Oh my God! Currently, they run on Facebook, and they're in the process of getting their own storefront in Logan, West Virginia. Give their Facebook page a like and keep updated on new merchandise and announcements for Comic-Cons and store opening in your area. They do ship, but only within the United States at this time. Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, where yesterday's memories are today's future. If you are looking for anything comic book or collectible-wise, you are going to want to do one thing. Assemble. And head over to Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Check out their Facebook page, Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Stay Classy Meats is your online meat market where you can get the best quality meat for competitive prices. Head on over to stayclassymeats.com and use the promo code WIDEMEN to save 10% on your order. That's right, if you head to stayclassymeats.com, you can save 10% on your order with promo code WIDEMEN, but that's not all. Not only will Stay Classy Meats give you 10% off, they're also throwing in a free pound of Montana grass-fed ground beef. Make sure you get over to stayclassymeats.com right now to check out their selection. Whether it be pork, ribs, chicken, steak, bison, ribeye, or any other type of meat that you desire, you can get it at stayclassymeats.com. They are high-quality meat that you will not want to miss out on. If you like to eat well and eat clean and eat some of the best quality product out there, Stay Classy Meats is for you. Again, head to stayclassymeats.com right now. Well, back with us on Wide Mean Can't Jump is one of our all-time favorite guests and a man we haven't spoke to in quite a while, and that's just a shame. We should never go this long again. <laughs> our good friend Jeff Garcia is back with us from Locked on Spurs, Spurs digital journalist, and he basically covers Spurs everything. So, Jeff, thank yeah. you for coming back. You know, Nathan, I was beginning to worry. I was like, man, what happened to my wide guys, man? Uh, you know, <laughs> we're just here I, I getting guess, wider, man. <laughs> I, I, I just assumed that uh, you were diving into more wrestling or uh, or the TBT. <laughs> I said, okay, I get it. You know, not a problem. And by the way, I don't blame you. You know, the Spurs, not like necessarily they're a powerhouse anymore. But uh, you know, no, when it came to when it came to uh, the pandemic, we kind of like most of our guests kind of just it's not that we lost track. It's just, we had so much going on and we've switched formats and we're just now getting around to where 
we're recording now and I had a, a job change and we, we were still putting the podcast out, but it became more of a, you know, just, we were just kind of shooting the breeze more right. than diving in with our guests that we like to do. Um, so I wanted to get back to it and I couldn't think of, of a better guy to get a hold of than Jeff Garcia. So I was like, I got to get a hold of Jeff. It's been too long. So all right. Glad- well, do you really want to know what's going on with the Spurs? Because I, I do. <laughs> yeah. I do right, because well, do this it. is this is a Spurs team that is kind of yeah, they're in a, a place they haven't been in maybe since the uh, before Tim Duncan was drafted. Uh, yeah. We're talking about the lottery here. It doesn't happen often under Greg Popovich, but they're in the lottery. The draft is around the corner. They missed the playoffs this year, which mm-hmm. it feels like a lifetime since the Spurs have missed a playoff berth, but. Absolutely. Yeah. What's what's the what's the feeling like in Spurs land? Is there still some optimism or <sighs> is everybody ready to just fire Popovich and blow the team up and rebuild? <laughs> well, let me uh, take it from the beginning. Uh, look, this is actually the second consecutive season the Spurs have missed the playoffs. This is the first in their franchise history. That's how dominant this team has been since its inception or yeah. at least absorption into the uh, into the NBA from the ABA. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is just uncharted territory. Look, every team goes through this. Every team does. Uh, the Spurs have just been fortunate for years to be able to keep the winning ways going. But look, it's in front of them now. What, call it a rebuild. Call it a retooling. It's practically starting over from scratch. Look, they're still you know, dealing with the loss of Kawhi Leonard, uh, who blew a hole in their future plans. But they're getting along. Everything's trudging along. They got themselves some good young players. I say good. They're good players. Nothing wrong with DeJounte Murray, Derek White, Kelton Johnson, Devin Vassell, the rookie, going into his sophomore season next year. Um, But again, you know, this is a team without that marquee player that they've had for years. Your Duncan, your Kawhi, your Robinson, your Tony and Manu. They don't have one of the guys as of yet. Now, hopefully one of these young guys pan into that. Maybe they get gold in a few weeks and get themselves a, a nice player in the draft. But they're definitely, you know, looking to see what their future is. What is the next chapter in Spurs basketball? All signs are pointing to it's a bright future. It's just a matter of can they speed this along? Because, Nathan, just let's just talk about their backyard in the Southwest Division. You have Luka Doncic, Zion Williamson, John ja Morant. Houston's about to get the get a second pick uh, uh, coming up soon, so they're yeah. going to get a power player. And the Spurs are there, you know, they're just there, and they're trying to make things work. You know, they have a lot of money this offseason. I think they have the second highest cap space available to chase a free agent, uh, first only, or second behind the Knicks. They got themselves some players that they can possibly flip whether that be in the draft or make a deal for a, an established NBA star they can build around, or they can simply just move ahead and draft at number 12 and keep adding pieces and hopefully they'll come together. Um, but yeah, this is definitely uncharted territory for the Spurs fan base. Uh, a little frustration because let's face it, Nathan, this team has spoiled the Spurs fan base for a long, long time. And now here it is. The Spurs are having to rebuild, retool, and it's going to take time. I think right now uh, patience is in order. Yeah, you know, DeJounte Murray, he took a huge leap last year um, you know, in, all, in most statistical categories. Uh, the, the one that he needed the most improvement, he's going to be working on it this offseason. That's just outside shooting, very inconsistent. But you like his trajectory. Keldon Johnson, you know, what a stud. 
you know, just getting better and better. Was invited to the Team USA select team. So he's out basically the glorified practice, practice squad for Team USA. But yet it's still an honor, you know, for him to get yeah. out there. Um, Devin Vassell looks like he can be uh, uh, going to be a very promising rookie that can really bring in some impact for San Antonio moving forward. We just got to see how this plays out, Nathan. It's definitely uh, a different time in Spurs world. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's weird not seeing them in the playoffs. Um, they are, however, turning up the rumor mill, maybe not the Spurs per se, but one DeMar DeRozan. Apparently, there's a lot of uh, speculation on what he's going to do, if he's going to yeah. stay with the Spurs. It seems like that he's going to test the uh, the free agent market. I know a lot of, you know, Laker talk is in the air. What are you hearing about DeMar DeRozan's future with the Spurs? Uh, basically, what you're hearing, uh, nothing new, just that he is a free agent um, and that, you know, we'll see what he decides, whether he's okay with re-signing with San Antonio or not. But look, you know, he's going to want to get a payday. Um, he's you know, he's probably looking at the last big contract he'll get. Will the Spurs offer him a max deal, close to a max deal? I mean, they can afford it. They, they really can. But do they want to invest in a 30-plus-year-old guard that doesn't shoot three-pointers uh, and uh, in a league where three-point shooting is a premium? And the Spurs ranked dead last, Nathan, in just attempts. 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 So... That should tell you a lot. But look, I mean, he's definitely a guy that if they resign, you know, it's not not the end of the world. I mean, the guy's a scoring machine. He was the team's best facilitator. Um, you know, you know, he rebounded the ball well, played in some a modicum of defense. You know, I'm not going to knock him for that. He, he was good. He's not never going to be on the all defensive team, but it was adequate and just a veteran on a, on a young team. So if they sign him, resign him and he's OK with that. Great. You know, I, I don't see the big deal of it. Um but I think at this point in their franchise history or in the moment, they got to maybe consider a sign and trade. And I think that's been the biggest rumor right now. And that's been flying about is a sign and trade with the Lakers, you know, reportedly that that could be an option that LA's uh, chasing DeMar makes sense. It has to be a sign and trade because the Lakers just don't have money anymore. They're just, they're, they're capped out. Uh, yeah. And but will the Spurs get a good return on him? You know, are they are they they're willing to go ahead and give players like Tht uh, Horton Tucker? You know, uh, yeah. you know, uh, players that they can build with. Um, it's interesting because he holds all the cards, Nathan. He can just walk. He doesn't have good. to agree to sign and trade. He doesn't have to. And so, it, I think that's going to be the first domino to fall for the Spurs. I just hope they have an idea where he stands ahead of the draft. Maybe that'll help them targeting the player at 12 or they just simply going to go with best available, whether it be a, a guard swing guy, big man, whoever that may be. So you, you, you just want to know where he stands ahead of the draft. Yeah. So the Spurs can plan accordingly, or if they have to package him and some sort of deal with X team, go for it. It's win-win for the Spurs. They resign him. It's not that they're, they're getting, they're resigning an all-star. It's fine. You know, a guy who's been with the system already now going on his fourth year, if he does stay, or they package him, flip him, sign and trade, and they get something for nothing, something, nothing, something instead of nothing, and he walks. Um, that is the first domino to fall, in my opinion, for the Spurs this offseason. Well, one so, thing, though, if he does, I mean, if you get nothing back from him and he does walk, man, imagine the cap that's going to clear because you're yeah. taking a lot. But then it would be tough to put together a free agent destination depending on who's out there and who the Spurs would want because – Rudy Gay is coming off the books. Don't know if he'll, he'll, 
he'll be re-signed. Patty Mills is uh, looking for a new contract. Trey Lyles comes off the books. Gorgie Jang is off the books. So there's a lot of players here that are coming off the Spurs contract list. Um, any of those you see re-signing? I mean, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills. Yeah. I, would, I would assume Patty Mills would get re-signed, but you never know. Yeah, you, you know, let's start off with – well, we kind of already t- touched on DeMar, so we, yeah. we know what that's going on. But as far as Rudy Gay, you know what? I would not be surprised if he stays. I would not be surprised. That would be a very Spurs thing to do, to, uh, if, you know, to keep a stable force, a veteran uh, voice on the squad. A lot of the players – Throughout the season, and these are young players, uh, look to Rudy as kind of the go-to guy they would lean on for uh, help. But Devin Vassell made it very clear that it was Rudy Gay that helped him through his very unusual rookie season. You, you hear that a lot from the players. But there's a part of me, too, Nathan, that says they got to cut off the training wheels eventually. You know, you, yeah. you got to cut them off. And if this team is the next chapter, the next phase, if you will, in, in Spurs history, they're going to have to learn on their own. And it's not to say, like, they don't not, not have veterans right now. DeJounte Murray, he's a veteran. You know, people think that he's a young kid. He's not anymore. He's going 24. into his yeah, – 24, he's going that's almost NBA prime these days. Yeah, yeah, he's going into what his fifth, sixth season already. So mm-hmm. he's a veteran, and he wants to take that leadership mantle. Uh, Derek White, he is an older young guy. If you, if you get the uh, get it there, you know he's um, you know in his uh, upper twenties. Twenty seven. Uh, yeah, he played four years of college. So it's not like these. That like the Spurs would have some sort of veteran, quote unquote presence if these true NBA veterans, Rudy Gay and Patty, decide to leave or they don't stay. Patty Mills, I, I would be shocked if he doesn't stay, at least on a team-friendly deal. Uh, you know, he's just so ingrained into the fiber of the community. And, you know, he, he is seen as the Spurs, you know, elder statesman. He is, he is the last player from the glory days of the Spurs that are still on this team. You can't – the Spurs, Popovich, they love that to have that aspect on the roster. I, I would not be surprised if he stays. Um, and if he plays a role similar to what he did in the bubble, uh, where he was, you know, very uh, player coach liked, um, you know, he didn't really play uh, at all practically. And um, he just was just there. You know, he had a clipboard on his hand, everything. Uh, but, you know, look, he shoots, he shoots threes and the Spurs desperately need three-point shooters so why not keep one of the better uh, shooters in the league than patty mills but you know again nathan i just think that there's gonna have to come a time where these kids are gonna have to learn on their own you yeah. saw that a lot towards the end of the season uh guys like Lonnie <coughs> walker deferring to rudy gay a lot mm-hmm. uh, it, it was rudy gay who was the best player for the team in the play-in uh, game versus memphis you know, and, and I'm glad he did that. I'm glad he was there for the team, you know, kept them, you know, within, you know, fighting distance. But I would have loved to have seen what a guy like Lonnie would have done in that situation or, or, or Keldon would have done, you know, to rally the team. And that, that that's experience for me in my eyes. But you, but you look at the Spurs team, it's going to take a while. This rebuild is not going to happen overnight. Um, it, yeah. it, you know, it may be this uh, mirror image next season of what happened last season, maybe a little better uh, on the win side, win totals. But again, they're, they're just, the patience is going to be in order, Nathan. And, and, the, and the West doesn't get any easier. It never does. Yeah. That's really uh, a tough, tough, tough place to try to get a win. But yeah. you brought up a guy that I love, Lonnie Walker. And I know yeah. a lot of people are like, 
you know, you like Lonnie Walker, Nate, of all people? I'm like, I watched this guy play at Miami, and he was a stud. And I thought the Spurs got an absolute steal when they grabbed him. And if you look at his numbers from 2019 to this past season, the 2019-2020 season up till now, I mean, 11 points per game, you'll take that from him right now. His rebounds are up. His free throw percentage is up. His field goal percentage is up. I mean, everything he's doing is up. Uh, he's playing more minutes. He's playing, you know, a lot of a lot of minutes now. He's up to from 16 minutes to 25 minutes. He's shooting more shots, and he's becoming more effective. He's actually shooting more threes. He's knocking down more threes. Granted, the the three point percentage has dropped, but still 35, almost 36 percent from three. You'll take that from from Lonnie Walker, and I think mm-hmm. he he's a guy. And again, people forget this guy is young. He's, you know, 22 years old. He's got another year to grow, I think. So I'm interested to see what Walker does next year. Well, uh, I'm glad you're bringing up uh, Lonnie because um, he, he's going to have to show out uh, this coming season. He's yeah. the team that has a, uh, I believe, the, an option to pick up his option to extend him um, soon. And, you know, what we've seen so far in the past, uh, they were he's quick got to next rec- year. He's actually, yeah. next year is his last year. There's yeah. no option, actually, after yeah. that. Yeah, so, you know, he's going to have to show out. And for the most part, a lot of Spurs fans uh, feel that the jury is still out on him. You know, um, you know, the biggest knock is the inconsistency, even by his own admission. I had a chance to talk to him last year mm-hmm. uh, during the conference calls, and uh, he even told me, he goes, yeah, he goes, I need to work on, st- on being more consistent than inconsistent. So, that is kind of the thing. And you saw it, you know, whenever he had to fill in for DeMar DeRozan, when DeMar DeRozan had personal issues, you know, he backed it up back to back 20 plus point outings during the season, did it a few more times. The good news is there was more consistency than inconsistency last season, even mm-hmm. though it was still there, you know, so there's, there's progress, but he's an athletic freak. Uh, you know, you, you, we've seen what we, you know, Spurs fans have seen what he can do when his game is on. It's just a matter of can he can sustain that, and I and the, and it just circles back to my whole to, uh, thought about uh, cutting the training wheels off because they need to learn, and uh, I think Lonnie uh, can benefit from having to having to be thrusted upon him to be more aggressive, be more assertive. Popovich has played mind games with him, whether it was early in his career where he had an amazing game, Nathan. I'm talking, it was just awesome. Yeah, and um, Pop after the game said that he didn't think Lonnie was competitive enough. You fast forward <laughs> to recently, and uh, Popovich has said that they have to remind Lonnie that he belongs. So that's 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 the rub right now with Lonnie is um, can he take that next step? And I think the next step for him is just being consistent, you know, and just play his game. You know, just you know, if I feel like, hey, we're gonna let you off your leash now, go go go, be that wild animal now. And I think that's what he needs. Yeah. Well, speaking of Popovich, you talk about the mind games, the coaching mentality, the strategy. Arguably, I don't care what anybody says, the greatest coach in the league right now is Greg Popovich. And until he retires, it's going to stay that way, in my opinion. Um, But a lot of people are not thrilled with Pop. I know that. I know I've heard some people say they love him. Some people couldn't stand playing for him, from what I've heard. It's a Mm double-edged sword. What are the Spurs saying with Pop? Is he one of those guys where maybe the Spurs are saying, okay, young team, 
do we want to keep the same guy here to mentor this young team in an ever-changing league? Or are they saying, hey, this is his job until he says, hey, I'm just, I'm done. What's the Spurs that's, mindset there? That, that's pretty much it. You know, he's going to exit when he's ready to exit. Nobody's going to tell him, you know, okay, you got to go. That ain't going to happen. Um, but, you know, look, he's, he's 70 plus years old. He, uh, not many coaches last longer than 70. Um, I believe Jerry Sloan was the last 70 plus guy a coach that really pushed it until he retired. The, the, the day is coming sooner than later. We know that. And uh, whether it be one more season, whether it be after Team USA and the Olympics, yeah, maybe uh, you know, it, that could happen. But if there's any more reason to believe that he could be exiting soon, it would be now. Um, I mean, what more does he have to prove? I don't think we have to go down his resume. We know what he's already accomplished in the league. And um, but you know that that's like kind of like another big storyline moving forward with this franchise is who will be the next coach, and that is going to be some difficult shoes to fill. Whether that be Becky, whether that be uh, somebody else on the on the coaching staff, whether that be they go outside the family and bring in a college guy, or maybe a former Spurs coach that has gone on, you know, like a Brett Brown, um, yeah. to come back and lead the uh, uh, Notori Messina, yeah, you know, I think that is that is going to be the next uh, big, big, big moment for this Spurs franchise is who is going to replace the legend and look. Whether it whoever that is, you know, that's going to be big shoes to fill, but it's going to have to come sooner or later. But as far as him leaving, you know, yeah, it's sooner than later, and he, nobody's going to rush him out. The fan base, yeah, you know, they're, they're they, you know, you, they're a little bit more uh, snippy about him and you know what he's what is he doing with rotations you know why it's always why this, it's always what have you done for me lately yeah and and you know what are, what are we doing um you know if this was a developmental season pop why is Rudy Gay DeMar DeRozan and Patty Mills getting 20 plus minutes a game you know a night so um yeah yeah damn if you do damn if you don't but look look you know that that's gonna be a brutal day uh for the history of the franchise because oh yeah yeah, to see him walk away, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, and it's only, it's gonna be the situation where you only appreciate what you got till it's gone, and I think mm-hmm. that's what's gonna happen with Spurs fans. Yes, indeed. As a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, I still miss you, Flip. Uh, so you, you don't know what you got until it's gone. You're right there. I do want to bring up this one. Uh, you brought up Becky Hammond. Are you surprised nobody's grabbed her as a head coach yet? I thought for sure she'd have yeah. a head coaching job by now. You know, I'm I'm like down the middle. I'm I'm surprised she hasn't gotten the 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 nod yet, but I'm also I'm not surprised because it, it, whatever whichever team does that, you know that that's a lot on their plate because you're gonna have to entrust uh, a brand new coach. Now look, she's she's paid her due since 2014 till now. Working with the Spurs, working under Pop, seen other assistant coaches that have helped her too, Messina and and. And James Borrego and, um, you know, Will Hardy, you know, uh, Ime Udoka, you know, she's, she, she's been around, she's been around. She, she kind of knows exactly how it's supposed to run, but I think it's just going to take a team to really have faith in that and, you know, give her that opportunity. It's whether it be in San Antonio or not, she's earned it. There's no doubt about that, you know, paid her dues, but do you want to be that team that brings her on? And then the team has a few years of just bad seasons and having to talk to her to fire her. Um, 
that you know you just gotta handle it you know and uh, yeah. my opinion i i think that she's just better off staying in san antonio because a really went over the thing you know hey you know she's she's um she's been there done that with the spurs she knows what they like she knows what they do the players uh, connect with her great and in san antonio there's not really a high expectations of finals or bust it's just yeah. development right now and this that would be easier for her to um to get her head coaching um experience through that route uh, but staying home but you know I, I thought for sure you know like the portland job was hers especially when one of the owners comes out and says you know reportedly that gives her the vote of confidence makes it to the final round her and chauncey i thought for sure it was gonna happen yeah um, i thought so too yeah yeah it's a shame but uh hey um, I mean, a shame for Portland, maybe. I mean, not yeah. a shame for Spurs. I mean, you know what she yeah. can do. She's a qualified coach. And, and, you know, I know people want to make a big deal out of the, the sex. And it's like, well, we'd love to see the first woman coach. And, yeah. and of course, we're going to see it. And it's going to be her. It's a matter of where. My thing with her is, man, woman, boy, girl, doesn't matter to me. She's proven what she can do. She's the right person for a head coaching job, wherever it may be. So take the sex out of it. She's a damn good coach. And that's yeah. where it should stay, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. But, you know, her time is coming and it's, it's going to be coming very, very soon. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, I, I won't keep you much longer. Uh, let me ask you this. Looking at the Spurs roster coming into next season, Who's somebody we need to keep our eye on? I know there's a lot. You brought up a lot of young pieces. We brought up a lot of young players. If you're, you know, just looking right now, and of course we haven't had the draft yet, so we don't know what the Spurs are going to land there or what they're going to do. But if you're looking at some of the players the Spurs have right now from last mm -hmm. year to next year, who do you think we need to watch in terms of growth and development next season? Oh, I, mean, I guess I'll with Kelvin Johnson. Um, you know, as mentioned earlier, He's with Team USA Select. That's huge. I think that's going to boost his confidence. That it shows him that he belongs in the city. That that, that yeah. the Olympic board figured, hey, he's a rising star. Bring him on. Um, he's working. Um, that's what he said. He said he's working on his outside shot. He's working on ready for this. That the Spurs told him uh, decision making and ball handling. It kind of gives you a hint of what they're looking to do with them next season. Maybe be yeah. that big forward to run uh, some of the offense. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it's just is he's just a uh, a spark plug on that on that bench on the court. You know, energetic. And what I like about him the most is win or lose, he's still positive in 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 post game chats. If they get destroyed, as we saw many times last year. You know, we, you know, medias would ask him like, "Hey, you know, your thoughts on the loss?" And he's just like, "You know what? We learned a lot, and all we can do is just move forward." You know, he's just very light, and I like that attitude out of him. And uh, but I'm glad he's going to be focused on his isolation. <clears throat> that has been the biggest weakness of his uh, game because teams already were scheming for him last season. I talked to uh, yeah. Luke Walton last year with the Kings, and I asked him, "Do you plan for a scheme for uh, Keldon?" And he said, "Absolutely." And uh, we know what he does. He just likes to drive like a bulldog to the rim, but he can't make his outside shots. Now, he made a few. You know, he, he, there's some nights where he, it was on, but it was more often than not that he was just kind of ice cold. So if he could yeah. just get that going, I think you're going to see a big leap in his game next year. Yeah, 33% from the floor last year for, for Johnson. He shot uh, two and a half per game, only made about one per game. So you definitely want to get that percentage up a little bit, but – 
Um, you know, good rebounder can facilitate a couple of assists a game, 12.8 rebounds per game. And he only, uh, really only played about 28 minutes a game. So you, you can't argue with, with what he's been doing. He's been getting better. And, uh, I didn't know this. He actually went to uh, Huntington prep here, not far from, from me. Oh, West Virginia. nice, nice, nice. Well, yeah, one of the that. high schools he went to, he went to about three here, but, uh, Huntington yeah. prep's a, a powerhouse. Andrew Wiggins played there, Gorgie Jang. So uh, a lot, lot of talent has went through Huntington Prep, for sure. Uh, well, Jeff, I do appreciate you jumping on here Not and talking with me and uh, breaking down some Spurs stuff. It's always good to talk to you. And I really hope we have you back soon. We may have to get you back after the draft and uh, talk a little then. Yeah, um, I, I, I still have your shirt. I have worn it several times. Yes, and uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you. I'm glad you got it and enjoy it. Uh, if we ever get another one, I'll send you another one out to you. It's been appreciate a, it. Appreciate it. It has been a a whirlwind trying to get merchandise these days, and with COVID, we haven't even tried. But I do yeah. appreciate your time. And uh, go ahead and plug away. Let our listeners know <laughs> where they can keep up with you, follow you, and and all. Yes, that. sir. Yes, sir. Well, uh, first of all, uh, subscribe to Locked On Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, Nathan, seriously, they can pick any platform and they'll find Locked On Spurs. They can even tell you're a smart speaker. Play Locked On Spurs yeah. and it, it would play. So uh, whether it be the Odyssey app, uh, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, the list goes on and on and on. Uh, please subscribe to Locked On Spurs. And yes, yeah, the draft is coming. So we'll be definitely be talking more draft as the days inch closer and uh, go to news for San Antonio, the Spurs zone. That's where you'll find all my work, including what Eric Spolstra had to say about Kelvin mm-hmm. Johnson that is working with him with team select. So go check it out. Mm, Eric Spolstra, not a bad guy to work with Uh pretty good coach. Last time I checked, yeah, absolutely. Uh, but uh, you know, I hope to hear from you again real soon. And uh, you know, I'll hit you up. Maybe we'll talk uh, a little TBT coming up too, because that's around around the corner. And that's good times as well. Maybe, maybe, maybe raw. Maybe some some raw. Oh yeah, wrestling. Yeah, yeah. I love me some wrestling. Uh, <laughs> it's been a whirlwind. The wrestling world has. Uh, yeah, it's it's kind of been it's it's been an upheaval too, man. So many yeah. contracts and it's been it's been crazy lately. But it's been back and forth. I know. Uh, I was looking at. Uh, they're doing SummerSlam in Las Vegas mm-hmm. this year. And, you know, I, I said, man, I'd love to go to Vegas. That, that would be awesome. Uh, because, I mean, I'd go to Vegas on a slow Monday. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good that's a good day. <laughs> any good any day in Vegas is a good day. But Absolutely. Man, can you imagine like, what they're going to turn that town into? Because you know how wrestling is when they invade. And you got the, yeah. the wrestling roots down there in San Antonio, Shawn Michaels mm-hmm. down there, Jose yes, Lucario. And yeah. We can go way back. When it comes way, to way back. Von Erics, everything. Oh, yeah. The Freebirds. And mm-hmm. everything. you know, I actually got I, a I, chance. I got a chance to get a hold of Lance Von Erics' book, Lance by Chance. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i still remember going to the arena back home my father taking me and seeing the von erickson person and wow i'm the the claw coming out and oh, everything yeah. yeah yeah so good times good times how far back are we talking are we talking david carrie or carrie the, 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 the carrie yeah the carrie area yeah okay that's still i mean world class was at one point in time world class might have been the best thing going back in the back in the day so that's mm-hmm. good stuff i mean i would have killed stuff. Would have killed to have seen some of the Von Eric Freebird matches, and then even the uh, the Midnight Express working with uh, mm-hmm. the Fantastics. 
Yeah, no. great. That, yeah, I, I'm, I'm trying to get back into the swing of things on the wrestling side. I checked out uh, AEW recently and uh, mm-hmm. just to see what's going on with their end. And uh looks entertaining. looks entertaining. I just the WWE just seems to be a mess lately. But, hey. You know, I, I say this. Every wrestling company has its good and bad. Well, this is the bad I mean, moment then because, I mean, <laughs> how many contracts did they release? I mean, I'm talking they've about released a lot. They've released a lot. But, but my whole thing is with every wrestling company, there's good and there's bad. It's all of them. Yeah. I, if you like, if you're more of an in the ring product guy with basic, simple stories, see if you can get a hold of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is very good. They're about to have okay. a big pay per view on Sunday. Uh, I recommend it. I'm going to be watching. I like Ring of Honor. New Japan, of course, is always fun mm-hmm. to watch. Yeah. Um, AEW's fun. They've got good stuff. They got some stuff I don't like. Same with WWE. They they got stuff I exactly. like. Stuff I don't like. Exactly. All right. Well, Jeff, I, I, I'll let you go. Yes, yeah, sir. Yes, sir. I'll let you go. Yeah, this this show's about to go off the rails now. We oh, no. We'll, yeah. we'll talk wrestling all day, and we won't care. Yeah. But, uh, all right, I'll get back with you real soon, and thank you again for joining us here on the show. Anytime, buddy. All right. Thanks, man. Thanks to our great sponsors over at Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, and Stay Classy Meets. Apparently, the Atomic Comic folks did a great job at uh, – the Logan's West Virginia Freedom Festival this year, raking it in, they said, uh, down in town. So good for them. I'm very happy for them. All right. I just, I just sent you something, Nathan, and I want this. So get on it. And it's sports related. Is it Twitter? Yes. Yeah, here it is. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> the new LeBron James flopping action figure comes with real flopping action. Good Lord. <laughs> I love it. Uh, but Jeff, I, you know, we're always glad to have you on. And I will say this next week, the TBT will be uh, getting ready to get started up. And uh, yours truly here will be covering the West Virginia region. I'll be uh, in Charleston covering the, the region there. Our boys from uh, Heard That are going to be taking it on. I know that. Uh, Will but, you be taking Ed Bogus along to do a concession stand report from the TVT? If anybody could do it, it would be Bogus. I'm gonna look at the bracket and see like where I'm covering right offhand here. So let me uh, let me find my part of the bracket in which I'm covering. So here we go, the West Virginia bracket: sideline cancer against founding fathers, primetime players versus who's that? Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne champs, then war ready versus bucket nears armored athlete and HB HBC United team 23 versus the Georgia Kings heard that versus team DRC D two versus bleed Virginia and best Virginia versus Woco showtime. Now who are they playing again? Who heard that? DRC, did you say? Team DRC. In the words of uh, Mr. Browning, oh boy, those guys are going to take a big L. <laughs> that was that was hilarious. Now, Best Virginia has several Mountaineers on their team, I believe, right? They do. Uh, um, apparently, this uh, the team DRC. Uh, one of their boosters is Dominique Rogers Cromartie. That's where the DRC comes from. Wow. Apparently, Glenn Rice Jr. plays on this team. Uh, I'm just looking here to see some of the, the players. Uh, Stanley Cromartie. 
Tyshawn Taylor, who was a point guard at Kansas. So couple couple good good players there. Best Virginia, here's their roster. Let's check them out here. Alex Ruloff, Chase Harler, Deshaun Butler, who's an assistant coach. Uh, let's see here. Sean Page, John Flowers, Jonathan Holton, Juwan Staten, Kevin Jones, Logan Rout, Nathan Adrian, Sagabah Kanate, Tariq Phillip, Trevin Myers, or Tavon Myers. That's the best Virginia squad. The Herd That Squad, the team that, yeah, you know, me and Tim kind of root for our boys. Uh, Darren Johnson, Derek Cook, Ja'Cory Williams, James Kelly, John and Ott Elmore are back, baby. Making dad bodies popular. Rondell Watson, Ronald Delph, Santino DeTrapone, and Stevie Browning, my guy. Rondell uh, Watson, he played for uh, Greenbrier East. Yes, he did. Now, did you college at Wake Forest there for a while? Is there any official qualifications involved on the rosters? You can have anybody you want. I believe so. Yeah, you can just kind of put your team together. However, so you... was there any discussion that? I want to see who's on this sideline cancer team. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. They're the one seed here. Was there any discussion that heard that maybe I ought to get Stevie's little brother on the team, Scotty, <laughs> for some three point action? I think I don't think you can be in high school and play. Uh, well, that's why I asked you if there was any criteria on. Not a lot of guys I recognize on this team, but they got the one seed, I guess, because of their record. They're 10 and seven all time. They're a TBT original. They're the only team to play in each TBT since the founding in 2014. But have uh, they ever won? Devontae Upson, Eric Thompson, Jamil Artis, Jordan Griffith, Marcus Keene, Maurice Creek. Raymond Coles, Remy Abel. Are you uh, watching the game right now, Jeff? Uh, as as Giannis try, Giannis is trying to channel uh, Shaq from the free throw line. Yeah, he's, he's terrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. But guys, on that note, we're gonna call it a week this week, and we're gonna attempt to get some more TBT coverage next week. Talk about it. What's going on? I'll be uh, covering it uh, next weekend for sure. I've got my media passes ready to go. So if you're coming to Charleston for the TBT, uh, holler at me. I'll be there. Yeah, is the radio station picking up the tab for this? Yeah. So you don't have to pay for a room or you on a stipend? I'm I'm moving an hour away. I can drive to Charleston. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know how far. Yeah, it's not far. Okay. I just saw the biggest. I just saw the biggest lie in the history of Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> what somebody said they loved you tom robinson oh no it says i grew no more up in, beer it says i grew up in clifton heights tom has never grown up to this day i, I thought the biggest lie would be no more beer no more cheesesteak oh please <laughs> when he dies that'll happen <laughs> well jeff have uh, your pet spayed or neutered, or go ahead, Jeff. I'm sorry. Don't, yeah, don't forget next week's the last golf major of the year. Uh, it is. British, British Open. Last year they didn't hold it because of COVID. I do love the British Open. What, what the, course are they playing this year for the British Open? I think St. George. Okay. Royal St. George. Okay. Let's check. Like there about every 10 years usually. St. Some white, old white guy. 
pretty much. Uh, <laughs> on, on the coast somewhere. <laughs> yeah, really. It's going to be windy. The sand traps are going to suck. Good luck, fuckers. And there will be no green anywhere near the course. Everything is looks dead all the time. That's our British. All right. Tim, anything you want to say? Oh, I would sing a nursery rhyme, but... Ah, screw your right. teapot. But I'm not going <laughs> to... I'm Nate, and I'm going to say, everyone, have a good night. We are the three pigs, and there's somewhere out there, there's a big bad bogus who's going to come blow our house down. <laughs> All right, it's everyone. only our house. Good God. <laughs> and on that note, good night, everyone. Kiss my ass, damn it. <laughs>Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC, located at facebook.com slash Atomic Comics and Collectibles, LLC. Strip Cam Fun at stripcamfun.com, as well as Stay Classy Meats, located at stayclassymeats.com. Use our promo code WIDEMEN and save 10% on your order. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Sports Talk with Nate and Tim, and we hope you come back and join us again for our next episode at the same spot you found it last time. Thanks again to the wonderful Horseburner for providing our intro song, as well as all the other content they bring out. Check them out on YouTube, iTunes, Apple Music, and Spotify. Thanks again for listening to Wide Men Can't Jump. We hope to see you back next time. For Tim, this is Nate saying so long for now, and we'll see you again on the next edition of Wide Men Can't Jump.